Hello, everybody. Welcome into Hoopsville. Hope you are ready to go as we are ready for the NCAA tournament. I am your host, Dave McHugh, Hoops Hoopers, and by D3Hoops.com. And, of course, our partners in crime here with the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, National Association of Basketball Coaches, City of Salem, amongst others who are helping present this broadcast, as always. If you got questions for us, email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Lots to talk about, lots to get to, and we hope you'll uh, enjoy the show uh, along the way. Um, hoping to um, jam in a lot tonight. We're going to have six guests, believe it or not. A six. Yeah, I, I'm not crazy. Well, maybe slightly. We'll hear from Carl Danzig, Scranton men's basketball coach, Abby Pisek-Smith, Lynchburg's women's coach. Also, Brad Fisher from the number 13th ranked Oshkosh women's basketball team. Michael Blaine Madai, men's basketball coach. Jeff Brown from the 6th ranked Middlebury Panthers. And on the men's side, we'll talk to, I mean, then we'll finish it up on the women's side, I should say, the number 7th ranked Trinity, Texas women's basketball coach, Cameron Hill. That's all ahead here on Hoopsville, along with plenty more as we get you ready for the NCAA Division Three tournaments. Uh, we may even at the end kind of give you an idea of who I think may get to the final fours for both men and women, though no promises. It's just, it's just an guesstimation on my part. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'm right. Um, we'll also try and answer some of your questions if you have them. So, again, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. You can also... Um, Let's see. What else can you do? Uh, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. There are chat rooms, to be certain, in both uh, uh, on Facebook, which we tried to, to follow you. We also have them on YouTube. But to be blunt, um, it, it is hard to follow everybody in there and all the questions. If you are on YouTube and using the YouTube chat room, I can tell you right now, low on the totem pole in the order that we check our, our questions. We will get to your questions don't lose your mind is what we're trying to get at. Uh, so just keep that in mind, and hopefully um, we can uh, answer some of yours as, as quickly as we can. Um, it's going to be an interesting tournament. I think really after a few days of kind of looking it over and, and trying to figure out what we got, I like the tournament the way it is. I like both brackets. Yes, we can nip and, 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 and tuck and try and figure some things out. One of the big ones we won't talk about with Carl Danzig specifically, but one of the things I'd like to maybe try and figure out, maybe I can get an answer by the end of the night. If not, we'll, we'll get you an answer soon. We're all in the impression, pretty much been told that Scranton men could not host because of the women. And so they were sent on the road to Williams. By all intents and purposes, that's the way that looks bracket-wise. Scranton was a number two regionally ranked team. I believe uh, Williams moved up, but not up to number two, certainly. But interestingly enough, Williams seems to be getting the number, the top-seeded uh, preference there uh, as they are playing Becker, whereas Scranton is playing Oswego. I think that might be the only spot that jumps out at me as a head-scratcher. And interestingly enough, it took me a couple days to really notice it. Uh, I mean, I knew it was there, but it didn't put two and two together. I know in the lower corner, for example, in a comparison, Tufts can't be at home because their women are at home. If you notice the bracket, they are playing another Northeast team while there are two upstate New York teams playing each other, St. Lawrence and St. John Fisher. First off, I'm thinking, why do we have two New Yorks and why do we have two New Englands playing each other? But then you realize they're trying to treat Tufts still 
as the top seed in that pod. And so, yes, they got, uh, I think it was Salem State. Makes some sense to me. But that's what doesn't translate on the Scranton side. Haven't had a chance to ask that question. We didn't even ask it of the committee chair, Kevin Vandestreek, when he was on the show um, on Monday. So we will try and get an answer to it. I, it, it very might, very well might be one of those that, as they say, slip through. Every once in a while when you're putting one of these brackets together, something like that will slip through, and it is what it is. Um, either way, Scranton was probably going to have a tough weekend. Either way, Oswego is going to have a tough weekend. It doesn't matter who's playing who. Either Scranton and Oswego are playing in this game, or one of them was going to be taken on Williams, and the other assuming they could get past Becker and you don't want to assume anything is going to have to play him the next day. So, or I, it is what it is. Sure. We, I think there is some argument here that Scranton maybe didn't get the best uh, matchup per their seating. But then again, maybe the committee looked at Williams's numbers, which we know were strong and said, you know what? Despite them not being as high regionally ranked, they technically are the, the better regionally ranked team. Of course, then the question becomes, then why were we told that Scranton wasn't hosting because of women? So that's where it gets a little bit crazy. And again, we're nipping a little bit here. I know to some out there it might be a bigger deal. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a minor uh, glitch on or, or blimp on the entire thing. Uh, I'm, I don't think it's that huge a deal in the grand scheme of things. So we'll keep an eye on, uh, uh, well, we'll try and reach out and see if we can get some kind of answer there uh, as to why that might be the case. Otherwise, I think for the most part, the brackets are pretty solid, as I said. Uh, I think you're going to get competitive basketball. Um, certainly on the women's side, we have a lot of games that may not really end up being all that exciting in the first round, but there are a mix of first round games that are going to be fun and certainly going to be a challenge. Uh, it's games to circle. Babson Messiah should be a really terrific game. Honestly, FDU Florham Gwinnett Mercy might be a pretty good game. There's an, an example, for example, of two Atlantics playing each other that I don't love. But that being said, FDU Florham wasn't going to get Babson or Messiah. Gwinnett Mercy is the right matchup in that quad, at least. Another game to keep an eye on on the women's side, certainly one to circle, as it were. I think Trine Illinois Wesleyan could be a fascinating game. Um, Muhlenberg Geneseo is certainly going to be an interesting game. Uh, Christopher Newport Staten Island may not be as exciting as people think, but it's two different styles there. I'm curious as to what may happen, but Catholic Lynchburg on the other side of that one at Christopher Newport should be great to watch. Hope Whitewater at Thomas Moore will be a good one to watch in the opening weekend. Uh, Chicago Wartburg actually might be a terrific game. And to be honest with you, St. Thomas Superior could be an exciting game. I think Superior, numbers wise, that's a tough matchup for St. Thomas. I don't know necessarily they got treated as a top team in that group. Granted, I don't know who else would have been up there. Uh, we were we were lacking a few teams in that in that region. Guilford Marymount should be fun to watch. Um Whitman George Fox, we know is going to be exciting. I think uh the Texas games, especially Texas, Dallas, Claremont, Mud Scripps, will be definitely one to keep an eye on. Believe it or not, I, I don't know if St. Joe's has got the firepower to get past Tufts, but I'm curious how that game ends up playing out, as it were. I honestly think, and this is no shot at Husson whatsoever, it's more about St. Joe's. I would have thought Husson might have been a better 
match up for Tufts and St. Joe's against DeSales in terms of who how you seed these. But but the committee may have seen the numbers a little bit differently than we did in that department. Um, Oshkosh-Calvin might be a fascinating game that people don't rate, and it'll be the second one after what should be a barn burner of a good one, DePaul versus Gustavus Adolphus. And honestly, I've noticed this one from the beginning. Wheaton Rose Holman. I'm very curious about how Wheaton's going to do in that game. Andrew, I will I will get to my picks, but not right now. Slow things down, buddy. Um, you're going to have to wait to the end, and I will talk about Hope Men at some point. That's we have 128 teams to talk about, 64 games in 32 different places. Can't talk about just what you want. I will do my best, but I will give my picks at the end of the night. Um, on the men's side, games that I certainly want to want to keep an eye on. Whitworth Claremont Mud Scripps, just because I'm curious what Claremont Mud Scripps is all about and if Whitworth's as good as advertised. Um, that one's really got my piqued my interest in in the way of going. I've been wondering. I want to see Whitworth in a different light. And I'm very curious if Claire, how Claremont Mud Scripps will match up. Um, other games that jump out at me on the men's side, the Albertus Magnus Rochester game. I'm kid you not. If there's a team that can upset Rochester, it very well could be Albertus Magnus. They've been under the radar, but this is a Mitch Oliver team that has been good over the years, except last year when they didn't make the tournament. Don't be surprised if that's a barn burner at the Palestra. Um, other games that jump out at me. Um, Amherst Keene State I think could be a fascinating game can Keene State take it to Amherst and especially can Amherst struggle under um, sometimes Amherst's inside game just seems to disappear and I, and I haven't put a finger on why I'd be interested to see how that breaks down Skidmore New Jersey City could be a fascinating game New Jersey City's got an outstanding defense Skidmore's got two uh, All-American type players New Jersey City certainly has some All-American type players as well, but Skidmore with two guys who've been named All-American, I believe, over the years. That game really could be interesting. And both teams don't mind playing some defense. Um, I think St. John Fisher is going to have to get, uh, he's going to get a pesky St. Lawrence squad, to say the least. Lycoming Cabrini could be a great game to watch up there at Middlebury. Um, Salisbury Endicott's got me fascinated. I don't know if Endicott is underrated there, or if Salisbury is overrated, I, I don't know. But that could be a really good game, especially Salisbury's been coming off injury. Scranton-Oswego's been one I've circled. I love this matchup. I think it's an X's and O's type game, and I think it's it's strength versus strength in some cases. But to be honest with you, Scranton's got one guy who can make his entire team better. Uh, I should say Oswego's got one guy who can make his entire team better. Scranton's got guys who can come out of the woodwork and all of a sudden appear. But, you know, John Vickis could go off, and then you forget about Danzig and he hit a shot. I'm, I'm interested to see how that one breaks down. Benedictine Wartburg fascinates me on the men's side. I think that's going to be a, a great first-round game. Don't ever count out Northwestern Minnesota against Whitewater, so you, won't, you better watch it anyway. Northwestern's been known to pull an upset there. And Augustana St. Thomas, what we're used to in a lead eight game in the first round, should be a, a terrific one at Whitewater. Oshkosh hope everyone's going to have an eye on this one because they want to know if Oshkosh actually deserved to be in the tournament. If they beat hope, they prove some people right. I think Oshkosh personally needs to get to the second round to make that point. But if hope wins that one and wins it easy, there's going to be some skeptics about why Oshkosh got into the tournament. Washu Rippin 
totally want to watch that game. Ty Saban going up against a, a perennial power in Washu. This is an awesome test for Rippon. And Worcester North Central, that game should be a blast to watch as well. There's a lot to cover on the show, but we got to get going or we're going to be way behind schedule by the time we're done. So we're going to get going with guests already. If you got questions for us, you can tweet us and message us. We'll do our best to answer those questions when we can throughout the show. Um, I know you got questions in there. Um, Susquehanna Madai, it could be a good game, Adriano. I don't know. It really depends on just is Madai as good as advertised? We'll find out because they'll talk to their head coach coming up. It's that or Madai is going to get overwhelmed by a, a very experienced Susquehanna squad. I'm not sure which way I lean in that one. Uh, we'll learn more from Madai's head coach coming up. But first up, we're going to talk men's basketball with Scranton. Carl Danzig joins us. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops will after this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we're getting going with our tournament preview. Uh, a reminder, you can always uh, ask us questions on Twitter, email, and on Facebook Live. Information scrolling on the bottom of your screen. We've mentioned it throughout the show as well. Get to your questions when we can. We do have a number of guests today that are pre-recorded just to the nature of the tournament, uh, where they may be going and et cetera. So uh, we may not be able to get to them right away, but we'll do our best. Also, please don't forget about the Hoopsville fundraiser. We have extended it to early next week in hopes, in hopes of hitting our goal. Uh, we're a little over halfway to our goal. We're hoping maybe a big surge here in the next week will maybe get us to that goal. Uh, anything you can do to help would be greatly appreciated. We have lots of bills mounting, as it were, including some repair work. So whatever you can do would be certainly um, loved by us. 
Um, so on the men's side of things, uh, we're going to start off with a team that I saw back in January and, and certainly said, you know what, maybe this just isn't the year. Not because of the game they played. They, they ran into a buzzsaw in my alma mater. But uh, I just felt like maybe the landmark just wasn't as, as top-heavy as I was used to. It was just one of those years. Every conference goes through it. We've seen it in the ODAC the last two years. It's not as top-heavy as it used to be. The CCIW is a quirk this year. The WIAC has gone through it. Every conference goes through it. Just figured that's what the landmark was this year. Well, while I wasn't looking, Scranton came surging on. They've won 10 of their last 11, won the landmark title, jumped to second in the regional rankings, and are into the NCAA tournament yet again for the 10th time under coach Carl Danzig. What is going on with the Royals? Well, let's check in with them. Joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville hotline is their head coach, Carl Danzig. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Thanks, Dave. Glad to be here. I appreciate it. We should mention we're talking to Coach ahead of time. He's on the on the bus heading to, to Williams now as he's getting ready for the tournament. And, and Coach, again, I saw you guys back when you played Goucher. And again, Goucher shot the lights out of the building. You guys shot certainly pretty well yourselves. It, it was a tough loss to say the least, but it was the second loss in five games, what ended up being three losses in six. And I just felt like, you know what, maybe it's just not in the cards this year. What's what has changed between that moment in the season and what we have seen in the last 11 games? Well, you know, part of it was just trying to find our identity. You know, we were we were in a stretch where we'd win three or four games and then lose and then went two and lose. And a lot of it was just trying to find our identity. And then, uh, and then when we lost to uh, Goucher and Moravian, we kind of, after that, kids kind of got together and, and it just seemed like all of a sudden things came together. We were able to string some games together and kind of find our flow. And now this is where we're at. Certainly uh, the flow has worked nicely. Uh, um, winners of 10 yeah. of the last 11. Was there some point in this last 11 games you kind of looked and went, oh, okay, okay, we figured this out. We're starting to get it. Yeah, exactly. And, and a large part of it, too, is, um, you know, over the course of the last two years, we graduated 4,000 points yeah. between two players. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, it, those are big holes to fill. And this team, which has been really great for these guys, is they've done it as a collective group, not only the starters, but all the kids that have come off the bench. So, you know, we, we have two guys that average double figures and then a bunch of guys that are averaging upper singles and and that's just what's made this fun this team really fun is that they're all doing it together any given night somebody can poke their head up and and uh and help the team so it's it's been fun that way uh when you one of those wins was against susquehanna uh we should point out uh you beat them twice this year which was a rarity for anybody yep. um was that a matchup thing is there something you guys were able to take advantage with susquehanna um and what is that? What does that bode for you when you when you look at this NCAA tournament? I'll tell you, it was uh, the second win was was massive. It had major implications just because we had to win um, to get the number one seed in the conference tournament. And uh, I wasn't sure that was going to happen when we went down fifteen to two in the first uh, three minutes of the game. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's been our team all year, very resilient, get up, get down. They just seem to hang in there and figure out a way. I think probably, possibly it could be a matchup thing. And, uh, 
know, we were very fortunate to get them twice this year. They're an exceptional team. Uh, Catholic tripped you up in the middle of that 10 of 11, beat you by one. This conference has certainly been Catholic. Scranton dominated over the years. Now Susquehanna's in the mix. Moravian has jumped into the fray at least this season, which was nice to see. Is this conference finally starting to develop that depth that I think for 10 years we all expected it would have? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, guys are working hard and, you know, the, the nature of the beast is recruiting and, uh, you know, but Juniad has been knocking on the door. It is. It's great to see Moravian. Justin's done a great job there uh, getting them turned around in a, in a couple of years. So, yeah, it's neat. I mean, it's great. It's a tough conference and, and it's been great for us to see, you know, early years we were just getting the automatic. Now we're starting to get two. Last year we had three teams, so it's nice to see the conference get some recognition. You'll be hitting the road here, um, or you are on the road here, uh, traveling to Williams. Um, seems like you got kicked out of your own gym by the women, uh, something you're probably getting used to a little bit. Um, yeah. And you'll take on Oswego in the first game. This is this is certainly not going to be an easy one by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what do you see in the Lakers that, that you guys are, are – uh, hoping you can maybe handle, or at least you need to handle. Well, I, obviously, uh, Sortino's terrific point guard, and you know all his accolades are well documented, and um, and uh, you know he's really an exceptional player. You know, and they got uh, you know a bunch of transfers. You know, and kids from all different areas that have come back. Jason's done a great job of unifying all those transfers, and. And he's really done a terrific job with the Lakers. I know over the last few years, they've been in the NCAA Sweet 16, all that. So, again, a lot of tough-minded kids, a lot of experience there. Um, and, you know, we got to go in and, and do our thing, too. Hopefully we'll get the end result we want. Uh, you're looking, excuse me, at the team. Uh, Vickis has, has been leading the way, uh, somewhat emerging out from under uh, the, the shadow as it was the last few years uh, in an All-American. But he, he certainly has shined 17 points a game, eight rebounds a game, uh, shoots 63% from the floor. Uh, your son, Ethan Danzig, certainly has come into his own 12 points a game, shooting four, 44% from beyond the arc. And that's not to forget guys like Kevin Doolin and Drew Shankweiler and, and Kellen De, uh, Kyle Deverna and the rest. But those two guys, Danzig and Vickis, really seem to have, have kind of figured things out in quick order by themselves. Because Danzig's been used to kind of being the other guy, the other option. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's a great role for him. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's really worked hard and coming to his own. I'm really proud of him. He was, a, he was not recruited at all coming out of high school. And, um, and he obviously knew he'd have a home on my team. And, Kids worked really hard, and it says something for kids. You know, he's just a late bloomer. It just took him time uh, to kind of grow into his body and get bigger and stronger. And uh, he always had the tools. He just needed the opportunity, and thankfully he's playing for me. I've just been thrilled to have another son on the team. It's, it's just great stuff for me. Uh, it's certainly gotten used to seeing the Danzigs coming through. Is there, is there a third one? If, am I correct? <laughs> there is. There's yeah. one more, and trust me, the – the coaches are hoping he doesn't come and play for me. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but he is the last one. It'll only be another four years, and then uh, then I'm out of dancing. No. <laughs> <laughs> out of dance. No, then you're starting to put pressure on the Suns to produce more dancing. Uh, by the way, we should mention John Vickis, who's the senior coming into his own. Uh, his brother Ryan joined the team. 
a couple inches shorter, but still a center, all the like. It, it almost feels like you might reload in Danzig's. You're also reloading in big men and especially in Vickas's. Yeah, you know, John's a tremendous story. And, and uh, you know, he, he came to me as a freshman and needed a ton of work and, he, you know, needed to get in the weight room, gain some weight, and just find confidence. And uh, each year he got better and better. And uh, the great thing about him, he was willing to listen and he was willing to work at it. And it's just awesome to see how he's blossomed this year. Um, and, and obviously we're not where we're at if it wasn't for him. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Kevin Doolin, too, our point guard, who is just a dynamo at managing the ball, never turns it over, makes all the right decisions. So him and Vickis and Ethan have really um, guided this team and, and uh, done a terrific job getting us where we're at. Uh, for anybody wondering, we were mentioning about Brendan Boken uh, being in the All-American last year that John was kind of the off-center to um, of course, Shankwell is probably the off-center now to Vickis, uh, though the Mancuso yep. certainly in there as well. You've got a lot of big men, and you certainly bring in the guards. It's been the motive, motivation. I, to get past Oswego is going to be one thing. If you look ahead, and we do, I know you may not, but on the other side is Williams and Becker. Can Do you think you've got the tools to be able to not only get past Oswego, but potentially, and this is no disrespect to Becker, but potentially Williams? Yeah, it's... Uh... Obviously, we're familiar with Becker. We've played him twice in the NCAA tournament, so I'm sure uh, uh, Coach there is probably not too – we split. And uh, so there is some familiarity there. We've never played Williams. Uh, playing Williams would be fun just because there's a young man on the team by the name of uh, Casey and Bobby Casey, who's from Scranton. Mm-hmm. And I you know, used to attend my summer basketball camp. So it would be a little uh, Scranton flair there, which would be fun for everybody. Um you know, obviously, the big thing is getting by game one, and whoever it is in game two will be happy to play him. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking time to talk. This this squad, like I said, uh, you know, nice sprint here at the end. Ten out of the last 11 after I saw you guys uh, at Goucher. Um, it, it's nice to see. I, I really didn't know what to expect from the Royals this year, and to see you guys in the tournament uh, and playing as well as you're playing is, is certainly nice. I know you'd love to remake the 2012 run if you could but first things first Oswego sitting there on Friday up at Williams at least you're playing at kind of one of the cool places of division three basketball not that yours isn't we have to we have to you have to go somewhere so I appreciate you uh, taking the time on your drive to join us as always we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in uh, we uh, they appreciate it uh, it's great stuff and uh, we appreciate all the hard work you do for division three thank you so much and Really appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate the kind words. Good luck uh, against Oswego and Jason Leon, and good luck if you get past them on the second-round game as well, and we'll look forward to talking to you somewhere down the road. Thanks a bunch, Dave. Take care. Absolutely. Carl Danzig joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. Should point out one, uh, what was it, number 300, I think it was earlier this year. Um, a good a good program this year. This, this last 11 games is something to really kind of look at and and take note of in the conference, including a win over Susquehanna and and a win over Catholic after the loss to Catholic earlier in the season, or just literally like a week and a half prior. So, 
you know, Scranton might be a little bit of a curveball here. This this Scranton Oswego game is fascinating first round game. We talked in the in the opening block why it's a little bit of a quirk. I'm not quite sure why we see this matchup, but it is a good X's and O's game if you want to see one against two very different types of programs, but also have similar qualities to themselves. Uh, Coach Danzig versus Coach Leon will be fun to watch. You're gonna take a break when we come back. Switch gears. Want to head down to Virginia and talk women's basketball. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More of the Hoopsville tournament preview when we come back. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things a challenging educational experience, and a community where students could deepen their faith. 125 years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our be-known promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was back then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number. You will be known. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Dave McHugh. Of course, remember, you can always contact us if you've got questions. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoopsville. Use the hashtag hoopsville. You can also drop in questions on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash hoopsville, where our show is being simulcast. They'll warn you, uh, Facebook, for you, you might be able to see a lot of comments. For us, we don't. So we'll try and catch your questions when we can, and we'll answer them throughout the show. Just got done talking men's basketball with Scranton. We're going to head south and into Virginia now and switch and start talking women's basketball. And in the on the uh, uh, on the bracket there, one of the uh, really it's a battle of two at-large teams going to play uh, at uh, Christopher Newport. It's Catholic versus Lynchburg. Certainly one of those uh, first-round games you want to circle and watch, in my opinion. There's a handful of them that are going to be really intriguing matchups. And this one has certainly caught my eye. Lynchburg comes in. Uh, 22 and six overall, 14 and two in the ODAC. They tied in the regular season with Guilford and then lost in the conference title, but got that at large bid thanks in part to their schedule, which may in part be helpful against Catholic. Certainly a very good team out of the Landmark Conference. Joining us on the Hoopsville um, Hotline, sponsored by the City of Salem, is Abby Pisek Smith, head coach of the Lynchburg Hornets. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, absolutely. I appreciate it. As we mentioned with Carl, uh, talking to Coach Smith 
uh, in a pre-taped segment just due to the schedule and the nature, especially for traveling teams on the, uh, well, on any other weekends, to be honest. Uh, Coach, first of all, congratulations on making it to the tournament. I- I'm curious if you were nervous in any way on whether you would make it after losing in the ODAC title game. Great question. You know, um, well, first, we're super excited to be one of the teams to continue to play. What a great opportunity this weekend. And, um, you know, that was a, a tough day on Sunday, you know, and we had come off our first, turn, uh, you know, ODAC championship a year ago and got back to it and uh, had a significant lead at half. And then um, a lot of credit to Guilford playing a great third period to tie it up. And, and we battled down the stretch and weren't able to pull it out. And, um, so it was it was a tough locker room setting along those lines and, and walking out, you know, one of the things, you know, our seniors had to- said last year when they wore the jersey last um, at Maryville when we lost was get back here and do it again. And so we had really planned our schedule to make sure we were in a good spot that we didn't have to rely on just one day and, um, you know, the ball bounced in the right way if that came down to it. And so you know, walking out, we were we were confident that we would at least have our name in the mix of that, and uh, and we're hoping that the committee saw that too, and we're very appreciative that they saw our hard work this season to be able to earn that that spot. Were you confident, or were or were you nervous? I mean, we'll talk about a little bit of the details of the schedule shortly. You certainly put together a strong schedule, uh, but but you just never know sometimes when you're sitting on that bubble. That's right. That's right. You know, I think you know we always talk about our in our culture and our team to control our own destiny. You know, we wanted to get that automatic ticket and do that. Um, for myself, I knew our team and the work we had put in. And in my mind, I was, you know, very confident that we had a very good chance, you know. And, um, you know, but it was funny when we were watching the show, you know, they kept popping up names. They kept popping up names. And, you know, slowly and surely, and I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, come on, come on, you know. And it finally popped up. And, you know, you always have that little bit of a chance. But, like you said, we had put that schedule together and, you know, played Mary Wash, played Mary Mount, seen Albright, you know, and had really tried to line ourselves up and had beat Stevenson, who was 38, straight to schedule and, and things of that nature. And so um, I was glad it, it panned out, you know, but you always like to have the, the guarantee. But we felt, we felt strong that, you know, our eyes, someone would have their eyes on us. And luckily that came through. Yeah, you guys got announced about halfway through going to the Christopher Newport pod. Uh, and we'll be playing Catholic in the first round. Yeah, you look at this schedule. You certainly went out there and challenged yourself. Uh, third game of the season, you're playing Albright. It's an eight-point loss. Next game, uh, you're playing Mary Washington. Um, granted, the, the Albright game was uh, at Randolph-Macon, so you may mm-hmm. not have had all the control in the world there. But anyway, um, Mary Washington <laughs> was your next game. Lost in overtime to them. Um, you also had Marymount on the schedule along with Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson, the only one I've mentioned that isn't in the NCAA tournament, and and mm-hmm. certainly though a very good team with probably one of the better players in the country, maybe a first team All American. Absolutely. And then you get into your conference schedule. Certainly, Guilford was a challenge this year. Even Randolph Macon gave you guys a little bit of what what. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you went out there and purposely did that. How much do you now rely on that schedule? Not because it's in a large and it put nice criteria together, but it you went against good teams. That how can you now pre- use that to prepare for Catholic? Absolutely. Well, you know, we always say, you know, kind of cliche. You want to play the best to be the best. And after winning, we wanted, you know, our our goal is to, you know, to perform well in our conference and then represent it well at the national level. And we're excited to go for it then. And we both have that opportunity to do that for the ODEC and. Um, like you said, our non-conference prepares us, and sometimes for our young ones, they don't see the bigger picture, and even maybe for our sophomores and juniors, you know, we try to teach them to see those things, and when we play those games with Mary Wash and, 
you know, Marymount and Stevenson, we talk about the bigger picture and, and seeing that. And so, you know, being able to handle those situations, seeing different people outside of our conference who we're not as comfortable with and um, along those lines. And so I think when we see Catholic, you know, if you pull up our stats and you kind of just go to the, you know, the stats page and see, you know, free throw percentage, shooting percentage, all of those things, we match up really well, you know, just kind of across. I think, like you said, it's, it's one of those games you kind of circle because, it, you know, it's pretty it's pretty even match up and to see what we can do. And so I think it gives us a taste of what that national level is. And, and hopefully that will pay off um, tomorrow as we walk onto the floor. Can you go back to last year in any way and and use anything with that appearance in the NCAA tournament? as an ability to prepare them for this year, or is that now so far in the rearview mirror, it's not relevant? Oh, no doubt. We definitely look at that game. We we learn from everything. I mean, it's kind of similar to how we had lost by two the year before we won our ODAC championship for the first time in history and what that did for us and our motivation. And uh, like I had mentioned with our previous seniors about getting back to the NCAA, um, you know, Absolutely. I mean, we walked in and in the environment, how it works, how, you know, shoot around is, how to prepare, what our mindset is, how to play later in March. Um, you know, all of those things physically and mentally getting you to this spot. Um, absolutely. I mean, it's a physical game once you walk into the play. Everybody's laying it out. You know, I think one of our, my biggest memories of a coach is we were, you know, against Birmingham Southern last year. And, you know, we go into halftime, not about, you know, close game, come out and a kid hits two threes that not on the scouting report as a three-point shooter, you know, and it's, it's March Madness. Anything can happen, you know, and so you're just like, you know, the team's like, you know, what's going on kind of deal, and anybody can step up at any time, and I think that's what our team um, really took in is what that feel is, what that pulse is, what that atmosphere is, what the crowd's like, you know, all of those things, you know, you see it with the Division One world, you know, publicized all over tv you know and this is our world and so that was really cool to experience that and uh and they're really hungry to get back at it as well when you um when you look at your roster it's somewhat young you have two seniors granted one of them is leading score and, and charmaine harrison mm-hmm. 13.3 points a game two and a half assists a game as well two two steals a game you know not too bad yeah. Um, but this is a lot of good, ex- good. Yeah. This is a lot of good experience for this for this group. You know, this is a, this is a you know, not that we ever want to look beyond this weekend and into next year necessarily. But last year and this year this experience for these juniors and these sophomores and even freshmen gaining that experience it's what builds a foundation a lot of times. It looks like you guys have some solid ground here that this is not going to be a oh hey, we're back. It's more like no, we should be there. Exactly. And I'm so glad you mentioned that, Dave, because that's exactly, you know, our our message this year has been building our culture. And, you know, if you look at our all-conference awards, we have Charmaine, who made first team, Caroline Nauman, who made second, who's a junior, and then a sophomore who made third team this year. And um, kind of similar the year before. And, you know, every year we want to be at the top. Every year we want to be in the NCAA, and every year we want to have that experience. And it's so critical um, to have that experience. You're not reteaching it every year and they and they taste that and you know we you know it's funny at the end when we didn't know if we would continue or not one of our seniors charmaine said you know do it better than us Hmm. you know continue to do it better than us and their mindset as a team is incredible on that aspect and um i think that's one of my proudest things about our team this year is how team balanced we are um, any given night i mean you've seen great performances by molly shepherd didn't have a great tournament performance 
um, but just throughout the year. And then we have some great freshmen that haven't even really maybe touched the floor minute-wise that by their sophomore year are going to be able to come in and, you know, take on that level of play when you play the Mary Washes and you play those at the national level as sophomores, you know, and not drop a beat and still compete in those games and, and win and have them come to our floor, you know, and things of that nature. And so our vision is really clear in what that is. And, you know, our staff works really hard to work ahead of that, ahead of that too, without them knowing, you know, and it was funny after we got um, announced, you know, I sat them down and, pulled up strength of schedule and showed them the regional stuff. And you, know, you could see the freshmen go, oh, wow, there's a whole lot more to this, oh, yeah. you know, and kind of see the bigger picture. And, I mean, <laughs> all they do is play. and They love the game, you know, and they want to play, and it's overwhelming to learn a new system. And, and now they see the whole picture, and, and that earns trust in our staff. That earns trust in them. The seniors see it already, and they follow. You know, it's it's such a – that's why I love, the, love this job, and I think coaching is one of the best jobs, hardest job, but one of the best jobs. Um, for those rewarding moments to see the bigger picture, part of something bigger. And um, so absolutely, you know, we're not a, a one-and-done team by any means. Our focus is always to get back there and to represent and, and to do that regularly. Okay, so you got Catholic ahead of you. And because all coaches mm-hmm. watch this show, and I know they're all scouting via this show, uh, I'm, I know you're more than willing to give me the scouting report. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but basically, what what do you guys need to get done Uh, Or what do you need to take advantage of to be able to get past the Cardinals? You know, I think, you know, we treat this like any other game. You know, we know what the experience we're going to walk into. Um, We focus on us. You know, the Cardinals have three seniors in that starting lineup and are are strong in that aspect and a strong junior at the two spot in Smith. And, you know, they're a great team and um, they've proved that all year and, you know, we've watched a lot of games from them. I think it's been really important. We have a great, strong mentality going into this game and, and focus on what got us here and those little things and that everybody is a part of that. And if we can pull those things together and control their transition and, and do a few other um, key things, um, you know, I think we'll be in a very, very good spot. And like you said, one of those games that you definitely want to watch. Uh, I know we do this. I know you do less of it, but you have to to some degree. On the other side is Christopher Newport or Scranton. If or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. of Staten Island. Staten Island being maybe the wild card in this foursome. And when, if you can get past Catholic, what uh-huh. do you then see on the horizon in that second game? You know, I think you know. Obviously, seeing you on their home floor is a a great advantage for them. Um, we've played there in the past on their floor, and that's a great atmosphere. And CMU is, you know, got a lot of experience of being there from a year ago, and their youth and their um, their depth and abilities and the, the start their style of play. And so, um, I'm excited to watch that game. I I haven't seen Staten Island as much, obviously a little bit out of our our region along those lines, but um, I think it'll, like I said, it'll be a great matchup and. Um, you know, I'm excited to see who comes out of there and, and to get to that next spot. And, you know, with a win for the first win in NCAA history in our program, um, that's going to be a, a cool game to see the emotion of how that comes out in that aspect. And so really excited to see our growth as a program um, this weekend through that full extent. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking some time to talk about uh, the team and, of course, the the, uh, the, the tournament here. Uh, obviously big game coming up against Catholic. But before we let you go, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? No, I, you know, I want to thank you. I know I've been on the, I was on here last year, but your ability to cover all of this, I know it's a, it's a lot. And, but our fans and our, um, our parents and our family and our school and our, our team really appreciates all that you do. And, 
Uh, you know, this is an exciting month for basketball, and I hope people tune in and really appreciate all the student athletes that put their heart and soul in to be able to balance in the classroom and on the court. Um, it's pretty special what they're able to do and come together with. And so um, I'm excited that they're being followed and just appreciate all your work that you've been covering us. Well, thank you, Coach. Appreciate the kind words. Uh, good luck against the Cardinals on Friday. And if you're able to get past there, good luck on Saturday as well. Look forward to seeing how you do and uh, at least have a safe trip. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Coach Abby Pisek-Smith joining us from Lynchburg. Again, the Hornets uh, will uh, take on Catholic. They're the early game uh, at Christopher Newport, 530 Eastern time. Uh, 22-6 and six overall. Um, finished second in the ODAC. Really strong uh, schedule. Fascinating matchup, as we said at the beginning. And don't forget, we'll follow it along with the rest of the games on the uh, Tournament Whip Around Show on Friday. When we come back, uh, we'll stay with women and we'll talk. We'll, we'll go up to uh, Wisconsin, actually. And talk to the Oshkosh Titans, how they're preparing for a home weekend. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoopsville tournament preview when we come back. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the show. Uh, we've told you how to get a hold of us. If you've got questions, it's all scrolling at the bottom of the screen. We'll answer your questions when we get the opportunity. Um, some of our segments are pre-taped, so bear with us. Uh, we won't be able to answer literally them live on air. In our tournament preview, kind of talking to a few schools around the country about uh, their preparations and their matchups for the upcoming NCAA tournament. Just got done talking women's basketball with Lynchburg. We're going to stay with the women's basketball theme, jump up into Wisconsin, and talk to uh, one of the teams who are hosting this weekend. They aren't on the road, which maybe they're is a disadvantage in the sense that they'd like to get going now while everybody else is hitting the road and feel like they've already gotten going. 
For the uh, Titans of Oshkosh women's basketball, the 24-3 season, 13-1 in the conference. Unfortunately, lost in the conference semifinals, but it's, they're still in the tournament, but they're going to have to lick their wounds a little bit before they get going. Joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Skype hotline is their head coach, Brad Fisher. And coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. Um Absolutely. Congratulations, first and foremost. I think many of us thought you guys were, were pretty much going to be into the tournament no matter how this thing shook out. But at the same time, I'm, I'm sure you were maybe a little bit nervous when you put put it in the hands of the committee. Yeah. Um, you know, we, with us getting the bye the first round and, and getting back to the championship, you know, we felt like with only two losses going into that championship game that we were, we were definitely pretty safe. We felt like we were probably playing to, to try to host at least one weekend. So um, we were disappointed we didn't play better in the championship game, but um, we've had a great, great season, best season that this school has had in, in close to two decades. So um, we're excited now to, to get things rolling, like you said, and, and we've got a, definitely a tough pod here in Oshkosh this weekend. Yeah, I think I said semifinals there. I did mean championship game against Whitewater. You and Whitewater representing the Wyack in the tournament. It's been an, an interesting conference season, and, and and you know I'll get to why I think this is kind of important. I mean, you're 13 and one in conference, certainly. Uh, Whitewater is right behind you though at 10 and four. You guys kind of walked away from the conference just a little bit. Didn't have a lot of pressure on you. Lacrosse, Stevens Point, Eau Claire, they all kind of were taking each other out, as it were. A little bit of carnage beneath you. Yep. Did that allow you maybe to be able to rest up a little bit, be a little bit more prepared for for this this week? Not really. Um, you know, I think there's some I think there's some records that are a little misleading, and and sure. we had a lot of we had a lot of tight games, and even if the final score wasn't close, it felt like we were in battles every night. And you know, we didn't clinch really until the second last night. We played Whitewater. We were two ahead with two to go, so you know we had to take it right down to the to the last week to to clinch it and had to win a close one against them. So you know we never really got to settle in. And like I said, which way D three is set up, you always feel like you've got to keep winning just to make sure that if you don't win the tournament, that you're in a good spot and and you get a good seed and and the opportunity to host. So you know we really never felt like we could we could take a break. So we took it right to the end. And, and, you know, now we're here and, you know, we feel like we're in a good spot being able to play at home. You guys played a couple good teams this season um, and some have been good losses or some are losses. Some were some are good wins. DePaul tripped you up back in late December. Uh, obviously, the conference challenged you guys. You got a win over Bethel, though, certainly was in the conversation and some others. How do you think this schedule overall has prepared you for this season? Yeah, it turned out to be a really good one. We had really good balance. I think it's it's so tough for us, especially up here to host. Now we've got 11 non-conference games to find, so we've almost got to get into three tournaments a year now just to get games in. And we played DePaul down in, in Puerto Rico and then came back less than a week later, really, after Christmas and played Bethel and got St. Norbert's uh, at the end of November, played Wheaton in the second weekend. So we had a great stretch there where we got to kind of figure out where we're at and and played point and, and Whitewater early in our conference year. So, you know, we felt like we tested ourselves and, and getting Wheaton and Bethel, they're different types of teams too, and, and DePaul. Um, so, you know, we felt like we've played, I mean, the record shows we've played a couple of different NCAA tournament teams and teams that were in the hunt. So, um, you know, I feel like we're well prepared, and, and I'm sure a lot of the teams coming here this weekend feel the same. Does the loss almost maybe, I don't want to say help, but does it almost give you a reset to go, hey, you know, this is possible, let's refocus? 
Yeah, I mean, this is our first time not having the automatic. You know, we've played it, and now this is our fourth year in a row, and we won the last three years. So it is a different feeling, and I think it, it got our attention a little bit. And, you know, the combination of us not playing well and Whitewater doing a really good job, I think, showed us some more things. We had one ten in a row coming in, and, you know, our two losses during the year were close games that, that came down right to the end. So um, having a rough day, um, I'm not going to say there's ever a good loss, but I, I do think it, it allowed us to, to look at ourselves more closely maybe than we would have had we been able to run through the tournament and, and I hope that that refocused energy you know leads to big things because you know we've got three other really good teams in our building this week uh, fourth straight NCAA tournament appearance as you mentioned uh, you are hosting as we mentioned as well I know when we first started talking before we went on air you're kind of like come on I'm ready to go I'm ready to go but yet you know, we've talked to Scranton and, and Lynchburg so far, and I feel like they already feel like they've gotten going. Is that maybe the disadvantage of being at home? You almost have an extra day here where you're like, no, really, kind of ready to go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, like, and we don't have the last, we had the last practice time today too, so it's, it's extra <laughs> extended. Our kids were excited. They had a lot of tests and a lot of stuff going on in school today. Sure, so sure. when we talked about maybe having to leave Wednesday night, there was some anxiety there. So I think that part is is good and, and once we get on the practice floor and you see the blue the banners and things like that I think things will settle in for us but um, it is an extra time our men left yesterday and you know their experience has started and I feel like you know we're just chomping at the bit for for the clock to tick here and get us up on the floor and and get this thing started for ourselves uh, this is a team that is has certainly been playing well all year we've seen that um, you're You've got a handful of seniors, though a lot of underclassmen. It feels like you, you know the last four years have really developed almost a base that you expect to be in this position. Is that a fair assessment? I mean, is the goal nowadays we we are to be in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, that's that's our number one when we start the year over everything else. And you know we've really tried to develop along the way. This is my first recruiting class that are seniors now, and and we're gonna really miss them. And we've got three starters. Taylor Schmidt, our point guard, is the school record now for most games played and most starts. And our starting center, Alex Richard, has also matched her in those, and they've played every game for four years. So you know we are gonna. This is going to be a year where we definitely experience some losses, but every year we've had at least two freshmen in the rotation, and that's the same way this year. So, you know, we've got pretty good roster balance, I think. I mean, we relied on these seniors a lot, but, um, you know, we are to the point now where I feel like it's going to be a disappointment if we don't get here. At the same time, you know, we try to tell our kids that we need to appreciate it because it is not a guarantee, you know, one injury and, and you know, one thing goes a different way, and, and you're watching at this time of year. So we're really trying to strike that balance of not – putting too much pressure on, hey, we have to do this or this year's a failure Failure versus, yeah, we've, we feel like we've built a good program and we need to continue to, to make a run in March. We should mention we're talking to Coach ahead of time as they do have the late practice today. Um, so it would be a little more difficult to get them on live. So we are talking ahead of time. Coach, you know, a lot of the good teams in this tournament on the women's side are definitely defensive-minded. You think of the Amherst and the Tufts, the world certainly wash you is a defensive juggernaut and some of the rest. And you look at your numbers and it feels like that's the game you're playing too. You're not you're averaging 49.7 points a game defensively, which means there's no pressure to score, so you're at about 65 and a half on the offensive end. You only have two players in double figures. Is that a fair assessment for what your primary focus for the Titans is? Yeah, that's that's been our MO from day one. And we really feel like defense travels. And, you know, we've been a really good road team over our five years here. And, and I really think that's part of the reason. You know, I just think it's harder to shoot on the road. And, you know, if you watched us Sunday, you'd say it's harder for you guys to shoot at home, too. But 
Um, but that's what we've built ourselves on. We have two players on our on the all defensive team in the WIAC this year, and um, you know we've really used it to keep ourselves in games when we haven't shot well, and we have great balance. You know, we play 11 or 12 in rotation. Our minutes have, have been great, and we haven't asked any of our players to play 30 minutes a game. So um, you know we rely on everyone to be able to come and defend, and and we're going to get challenged right away by Calvin. They're, they're physical and and athletic, and got four players in double figures. You know they they've got some numbers we haven't seen this year so we're going to find out uh tomorrow night how good we are defensively yeah you go pretty deep off off the bench to say the least um i think it's nine or ten in every single game and and 13 14 almost 15 in the vast majority of games but does that have to change now i mean do you have to almost start riding the big horses as it were at this point and some of those players who may have played in a lot of games may not end up getting in because you 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 it the Obviously, the, the the degree of of allowance is very small now. Yeah, possibly. You know, it's it, it'll be a matchup thing for us. You know, the good part is I think our girls for one through thirteen or fourteen are prepared if if we need them and if they're called on and and they've been great this year going between matchups. You know, if we play a more physical team, it's it's certain players night. If play someone more athletic, it's it's another group. So um, that's really been our goal. And, and part of our goal, too, was to not have our Taylor Schmitz and Alex Richards playing 35 minutes throughout the year. So, you know, limiting their minutes at this time of year, I think, really pays off for us because they will probably have to play in the 30s, you know, if we're going to win this first game and and, and move on. So, um, you know, things definitely get tightened. You go more with the people you trust and, and with as experienced as we are in some of our positions, you know, we're going to call on our experience. And, you know, they've played and we've played in the second round at least for the last three years so you know i'm hoping that ncaa tournament experience for our girls uh will pay off uh tomorrow night calvin's ahead of you i i know you're not necessarily going to get tell us your entire scouting report necessarily but what are you going to have to do against uh what i i would probably garner as a pesky um calvin team what are you gonna have to do to get past them Boy, that's a good question. We played them two years ago, and, and they only have three players back from that. But those three players and then, you know, the other couple, they're they're not real deep in where they go because their best players are so good, I think. I think to, to your question to us, I think their best players are so good that um, they just keep them on the floor and they keep going. And um, they got Anna Timmer in the post, who's I think she's got over 100 offensive <laughs> rebounds this year. I mean, just gaudy numbers um, on the glass. Their point guard um, Spade is really, really good. Averages 16 a game, and then they've got two two wings that average in double digits. So you know we're going to see a lot more explosive first group. Um, you know we're used to to having an advantage getting into people's benches, and the reality is they just let their starters go. So we're going to have some challenges there matchup wise. You know, we hope our athleticism versus, you know, some of their strength might be an advantage for us. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing them on the floor because on tape, they're very impressive with their strength and their aggressiveness. And, you know, they get 40% of their misses, which is a number we look at a lot. And and that's the highest number I've seen in in three or four years. So, you know, we're going to have a challenge on the glass too. And, you know, that's where I hope a little bit of the home court comes in and a little bit of our NC experience can help us. And then on the other side, I know you're not looking too far ahead, but we certainly do. Gustavus Adolphus versus DePaul, which is a massive first-round matchup, a must-watch, going to be at your gym. Yeah. But if you beat Calvin, you're going to have to face one of them, whether it's a rematch of Puerto Rico or it's a, a battle with an Iowa school, or an Iowa school, a Mayak school. It, that's a, a pretty big matchup yourself. I, I know you're, you can't cheat that far ahead, but you've yeah. had to look, too. What do you yeah. see there? 
Yeah, my assistants have been on each of those. And obviously playing DePaul, we don't necessarily have to do as much work. You know, right. DePaul did a really good job of getting us out in space the first time we played. And, um, you know, we had a great game down in Puerto Rico. Only about 50 people got to see it. But <laughs> um, it was a battle. It was tied with 30 seconds to go. And, and their their guard made a, a really big play. And Gustavus has got a couple of really athletic forwards that just keep putting pressure on. They switch defensively. And, you know, we've been back and forth. I keep asking my assistant who she thinks is going to win that game and every day it's a different answer you know the more tape they watch so um to get that game in a first round i think two top 15 ish you know teams in in your guys's poll to have that in the first round of the tournament just shows how good this tournament this is is this year and and i think how good our group is here i don't see an upset happening this weekend i think anyone who comes out of this is gonna is gonna be a good team that earns it and has a chance to to do some things moving forward well, I'm sure the buzz is 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 thick there on campus with the men yeah. getting in um, in a bit of a of a storybook way, and 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 I know they're off, but I know the campus is buzzing. Hopefully, they show up to your gym uh, in force for your games. Looking forward to it. Should point out three seniors in your top five scoring, uh, certainly getting a lot of senior leadership. Uh, looking forward to seeing how Taylor Schmidt and the rest do. Uh, before we let you go, though, uh, always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with yeah, us? Yeah, no, I, I've been listening all week, and our men, our men were the buzz of it. So yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely were excited for them. You know, I listened to to the Kelvin um, and the chair and stuff the other night, and you know, all I'll say for for our guys is. Um, you know, they, they went out and, and found themselves a really tough schedule. So I'm happy that, um, you know, I think it's dangerous for any time that, that we encourage people not to play the best. And mm-hmm. our guys went down to Illinois and just kept playing, you know, every day I'd see Pat and he'd talk about the <laughs> next ranked team or, you know, the next NCAA possible <laughs> team that they were going to play. So I'm proud of those guys and, you know, two big wins against Whitewater late and, you know, obviously a heartbreaker at River Falls, but we're excited for them. And um, it's two years in a row we both get to go. So, you know, we're really excited about our basketball programs here. And, um, you know, thank you guys for covering us and, and even covering our men a little extra here this week. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely got a little extra attention from us, to say the yep. least. I'm sure your SID was a little surprised when I mentioned your name, uh, <laughs> not the men's, <laughs> men's coach's name. Uh, thanks for taking time. I really appreciate it. Good luck in the tournament. And um, hopefully we're talking about the Titans next weekend as well. Thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate it. Brad Fisher joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Skype hotline. Um, Again, they'll take on the second game since they're at home against Calvin. First game is that big one. DePaul versus Gustavus Adolphus should be a good matchup. They're in Oshkosh nonetheless. When we come back, we'll switch gears. We'll go back to some men's basketball. Talk to the AMCC champs, Madai. Maybe not a lot to talk about there if you don't know Madai, but we'll find out why they may be a little bit of the team to watch for in the opening weekend. You're watching Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More of our tournament preview when we return. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. 
It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. And hey, welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions, we've been telling you how to get them to us. See that scrolling at the bottom of the screen? It's got all the information you need. Of course, that's email, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, Twitter at d3hoopsville, hashtag hoopsville, or on our Facebook Live page. I know there are people there. I know there's people on uh, our YouTube page. We're trying to answer questions where we can. Those wondering where I'm going to do my picks, I, I, I kind of ran through them. I'll mention some of them later. I am not going to go through every single pick on a men's and women's bracket. You are nuts. We don't have that kind of time. Uh, but I'll kind of give you some of the teams I think are going to go far. Maybe my initial uh, Final Four, though I have rights to change that before our Whip Around show tomorrow. We'll talk more about that Whip Around show coming up. Running a little bit behind, so I want to keep our, our, our momentum going here. And now we're going to switch back into some men's basketball. Talk to a team in a conference we didn't get a chance to talk to this season. It happens. Sometimes uh, the stories just don't p- jump out at you. Well, this one has. Madai on the men's side has won the AMCC. Uh, 16-2 in conference, 21-6 overall. Their reward, they get to travel to Sullins Groves, Pennsylvania. They'll take on Susquehanna. What can the Mavs do? Can they pull off the upset? Well, I don't know. That's why we talked to the head coaches. Joining us uh, on live via the City of Salem Skype hotline is Mike Blaine, head coach of Madai. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having us. Absolutely appreciate it. It might be one of the first time I'm talking to a coach I actually saw play in person um, that's dating me more than I'd like it to, uh, 21 and six, uh, you gotta be happy with what you guys do. You really dominated this AMCC with a 16 and two record considering you were nine and nine last season. Yeah, we had a great group of young guys, uh, that really made an investment after last season. We took a loss in the quarterfinals, of the AMCC tournament and to these guys credit two days later, uh, they had organized a player's meeting and, established that things were going to be different. They made an investment. They made a tremendous commitment uh, from the end of February last year that has now taken us through to March of this year. And so the credit really goes to our returners for establishing a tone and understanding that what works and what doesn't work. And there's going to be a certain way we're going to do things with the die basketball. Early part of the season, probably let's call it rough start. Not horrible, but a little bit rough. You suffered five of your six losses in the first, uh, what was it, 10 games or so. Um, and, and, I mean, you had a pretty challenging schedule. You lost to three of your first four. Of course, Hofstra was mixed into that, so we won't penalize you too much for that one. Um, sure. But you mixed and matched. Uh, LaRoche got you early in your conference tournament action, but then the, the new year started, 
and you've been a uh, you've been trudging along ever since, just kind of blowing past everybody. You've got one loss to Hilbert in the middle of that. Otherwise, clicking right along and right into the NCAA tournament. Was there a was it because you were playing a little bit more um, uh, tougher competition in the beginning than than the conference could provide, or was it just something that clicked about midway through? I think it was uh, a lot of us trying to find our roles. A lot of guys on the team trying to find their roles. We're playing three freshmen, uh, some consistent minutes. Uh, the sophomores in this class, uh, sophomores in this year, had stepped up and had to shoulder a lot more load than they had had to do as freshmen. So we were really trying to find ourselves, find our roles, find our balance, uh, find our identity a little bit. And the guys that take some time, especially with the young team, you got guys that are getting used to college basketball and the speed of things, and uh, guys that are you know going from being a starter to maybe being a primary guy, or guys that are moving up from being a, a rotational bench guy to now they're starting. And so we had to find our balance a little bit, and then we had to understand how hard they have to compete. Uh, you know, there's there's opportunities uh, that are going to be there, but you're going to have to be your best every single night out. And it took us a little while to to understand how hard we have to play. The LaRoche game in December. We didn't come out with the necessary intensity, and they, they took advantage of it, the pace of a game that they wanted to, and you know they slowed the game down and made us play in the half court, and that was that was difficult for us. So we started to understand that hey, we have to get up, get into some people, and you know play the way we play the way we need to play defensively. And the guys have really responded to that towards the latter half of the season. What also jumps out at me is the fact that since the beginning of the season, or since the beginning of 2017. Not one of your opponents have you – well, let me rephrase that. You've only had two games where you haven't beaten your opponents by double digits. The two games are the loss to Hilbert by four and the first game on January 4th against Barron where you beat them by, by uh, six. Otherwise, it's double digit, double digit, double digit. You beat LaRoche, and it wasn't even close, at least score-wise, in the championship game. That, that seems like something's brewing there, but the problem is it's hard to gauge against AMCC competition. So – Give me kind of what what do we got going here that that's been so good? Well, I think our guys are young guys are starting to understand where they fit in with that what we're doing, and again they are, they're starting to understand how hard we have to play. We're not the biggest team around, so if we sit back on our heels and allow guys to do what they want to do offensively, we make it very, very difficult for ourselves. So we're going to have to fly around. We're going to have to try to do some things and dictate a little bit defensively. That helps triggers our off, trigger our offense a little bit, so that takes a little bit of pressure off us uh, in the half court. And so I think just the gradual understanding and the gradual embracing of uh, who we have to be and our identity as a program uh, has really kind of taken shape in the last uh, well, since the calendar's turned to 2017. You're willing to go 11 deep on the bench for most games, but it's interesting there's a drop-off. You've got four players in double figures. Jonathan Belton, it's 18, plus five rebounds, four and assists a game, certainly one of your key cogs. Uh, Justin Fagan, 14 points a game, 13 points a game from Mike Hollenbeck and and Megal Ford at 10.5, and And then it drops off. Uh, Kirk Hawkins about 6.7, and Jonathan Smith at 6.3, and Sean Wilson at 4.7, and that's about it. So it looks like you've got this core of four that seems to be the dominating part of that, but you've got a ton of role players because you go at least seven more deep on the bench in a game. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, what we've embraced is the fact that everyone's going to have an opportunity to show, show us what they can do that night. And we understand our roles. We understand our responsibilities. And our team embraces the fact that some nights it's going to be one guy with a hot hand, sometimes 
it's going to be a matchup driven situation. Whereas we need a, you know, a guy maybe defending the other teams, one of the other teams' best players really well, and so we're going to ride with him for uh, you know a few extra minutes. So it's been a situation where. Different guys are learning, you know, where they fit in in different games. Sometimes it's just a matchup situation where, uh, you know, if a guy's playing zone, you know, we're going to go with a, a couple guys off the bench. If, you know, if they're playing man, we'll go with a couple different guys. If they're, if it's a slowdown game, we have to go with certain guys. If it's a fast tempo game, we can go with other guys. So, uh, so I think we've kind of got a mix and match and, and, and some good versatility off our bench. And uh, the great thing about our bench is everybody's embraced their role on this team. Nobody's, you know, gunning, looking around for, oh, coach, where are my minutes this game? I played, you know, I played 15 minutes last game. You know what's going on this game. Uh, everybody's embraced the the team and group mindset and mentality that we've got to have to to do it together, and and that's made a, a really really fun group to coach this year. You got 17th ranked Susquehanna coming up next at their place, where you're uh, obviously settling in there in Sellins Grove, Pennsylvania. Welcome <laughs> to the middle of Pennsylvania, by the way. Absolutely, um, lots around, but nothing around you uh, at the same time. This is an interesting squad that I certainly have seen. You're probably familiar with it. Having been at Hopkins, you're familiar with the type of style of basketball that that, that Susquehanna tends to to develop. Mark, Frank Marcinic's been there forever. Heck, you might even played against Frank, for all I know, under your four years at Hopkins. How do you guys match up here? How What do you guys have compared to Susquehanna you think you can take advantage of? What do you think you're going to need to watch out for? Well, I think Susquehanna is an outstanding basketball team. Uh, we're going to have to to go on the road and beat anyone in the NCAA tournament is an incredibly difficult task. So first and foremost, we're going to have to play really well. Uh, you know, we're going to have to play really well to beat anybody who's in the NCAA tournament at this point in time. We think that they do a great job spacing the floor. Obviously, uh, obviously, Steve Weidler can really shoot it. Ryan Traub's a load inside. Uh, but then, you know, similar to us, I think, and from a bench standpoint, they got a lot of guys that can come up on a different night and hurt you. So we're going to have to make sure that we're doing a great job defensively, uh, trying to shrink the floor as much as we can and and, and, and making sure we maintain our principles because uh, they do a great job spacing it. And if, if you make a mistake defensively, they're definitely going to be able to, to take advantage of it. So we're going to try to do what we do in terms of uh, defensively, trying to hope, hope that trigger our offense a little bit and uh, we're going to have to make some shots on the offensive end as well. So we've got to make sure we keep our principles defensively, uh, got to rebound the basketball. They're strong on the glass and uh, hopefully move the ball on offense and make some easy ones. On the other side of it, it is uh, Eastern Connecticut versus MIT. I know you don't look that far ahead, but we've been asking all the coaches anyway, should you get past Susquehanna? What do you see in Eastern Con and, and MIT that, that, that either concerns you or you, or you think you can take advantage of? Well, I think both those guys are really, truly outstanding teams. Uh, we're very fortunate. We've got a great assistant coaching staff, Greg Bean, Daniel Jones, Marcus McKinney, and DJ and Marcus have been kind of zeroing in on uh, Eastern Connecticut and MIT. Uh, I know, obviously, both of those coaches do a great job. They've been both those programs have been in the top 25, uh, you know, and, and receiving votes throughout the year. So we're really just zeroing in on Susquehanna, honestly, right now. That's that's where our focus has got to be because, you know, we, you can't get to Saturday unless you do the job on Friday. And so we're, you know, we know we got two great programs on the other side. We'll get in there and, and, and watch those guys get up and down a little bit during the 5:30 game and uh, try to sneak some peaks there. But really, our focus is 100% on Susquehanna right now and, and trying to play the best we possibly can to see if we can get a win tomorrow night. AMCC not well, I don't want to say respected, but regarded, let's say, because we don't see a lot of juggernauts come out of this conference. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of teams make deep runs. Uh, that's not a shot necessarily. It's just been the realism of it. 
Is there pressure on you, and I don't mean you in general, but any team that had come out of the, of the conference with the AQ, is there pressure to prove something more about this conference? Absolutely. I think anytime your, your conference is lone representative, uh, there's a little bit of pressure. You know, We have great coaches in the AMCC, uh, guys that are uh, committed to doing the best job they possibly can at their own institution, and they're invested in the success of the others that are in our league. Every single coach in our league has reached out to me this week and said, hey, really enjoy you guys. You guys played hard, played well. Good luck in the NCAA. Hope you guys do a great job. So there's, you know, the fact that uh, we have earned the respect of the other programs in our conference who we have a tremendous amount of respect for. There's always a, the, there's always that shot in the arm that you want to do a great job and, and show people that there's good players and good programs, you know, good programs in the AMCC. So we're going to have to do our best to, to make sure that we're, we're representing the conference as, as well as we possibly can. And that's going to be difficult, certainly against an outstanding Susquehanna team. But our guys are really excited for the opportunity and very focused to try to play their best game tomorrow night. You were named uh, Conference Coach of the Year um, today or yesterday, something something like that. What does that mean to you? That means that our players did an outstanding job. That's <laughs> that's that's the, that's the biggest that's the biggest <laughs> thing I can say. I told our guys this this week. I was incredibly honored to have to have uh, earned that right uh, earned that award from from the peers. I have a tremendous amount of respect for every coach in our conference. There's some great coaches there who run great stuff and, and do great do great work at their places. But as coaches, we don't have anyone if we don't have our players. And our guys have really bought into the mentality that we have to have. They've committed themselves to play the style of play that we do, which demands a lot of effort, every single possession. And so to me, having a chance to, to you know, be recognized as a coach of the year means I'm very fortunate to have the respect of my peers. And I'm very fortunate to have some outstanding young men to coach who have really bought into what we're trying to accomplish. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we I had a little joke going on with Barney, Bobby Hughes, that is, um, on whether I could break you of any coach speak. I think he won. I, th- I think he, he def- got this he down. Won. He definitely won. I, I, I'm, I'm nowhere near as entertaining as, uh, as Coach Barney <laughs> is, that's for sure. So I, I try to stay in my lane and do the best I possibly can. <laughs> well, Bill Nelson would appreciate that. That is for sure. Um, Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Good luck to the Mavs uh, in a tough matchup with Susquehanna, but it's a tournament. Anything is possible, and we look forward to seeing what happens. As always, give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? We appreciate the opportunity to to speak about Madai basketball. And uh, as you said, obviously, the AMCC is not always as well uh, recognized or represented. So we're excited for that opportunity. And we we appreciate you getting the chance to to show some people uh, the young men that, you know, the work that the young men that we have in our program are doing. They're working hard day in and day out. We've made a tremendous investment, as I said, from the end of February until today. And it's it's a great opportunity to have a chance to speak about the hard work that they're doing. And uh, we appreciate the opportunity to, to you know, talk a little bit Madai basketball. Well, I'm glad uh, we could get you on. Uh, enjoy Selensburg as much as you, as, as you can, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks so much, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Mike Blaine joining us on the City of Salem Skype hotline. Again, the team is 21-6 and six overall. They've won 15 of their last 16, I think the number is. Uh, and clicking along, they've got Susquehanna ahead, the 17th-ranked team in the country, in the second game at Susquehanna on Saturday. I think that's a 7.30 tip, so we'll enjoy watching that one, see what the Mavs can do. Uh, against the Riverhawks. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, keep talking men's basketball. We'll head up to Vermont, not to get any maple syrup, though that sounds tasty. We'll talk to the Panthers of Middlebury. Jeff Brown coming up. You're listening to Hoops. Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops will follow in this. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show on this Thursday evening as we get ready for the NCAA tournament. Something new, especially on the men's basketball side. We've been so used to having a couple of games on tonight uh, as part of the 62 pod, or even when we had more that that's set up for our our Saturday. And you know, with the men's, there are no games tonight. It's it's how we should do it, and it's more fun that way. So gearing all up for tomorrow. Coming up in our final block, we'll talk about the whip around show that is coming up tomorrow. It'll be from this studio covering every single game out there. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the fundraiser, why we extended it. We also got a major contribution today. We'll talk about that as well. That's all coming up at the end of the show. But we've got two more guests left. We're a little bit behind, so we're going to keep things moving. Men's basketball-wise, I'd say the next team is one of those that I, I... I couldn't believe what I was watching. I remember early on in the season someone saying, hey, this team could be the best in the conference, or this team may be the one to watch. I'm like, okay, maybe. They're always in the conversation, certainly, but we haven't seen that power we've seen from this team in, in a few years. Can they really produce? And and early on I said, nah, I don't think they're going to. But then slowly but surely they started to emerge. And if you haven't been watching the NESCAC, Amherst has gotten attention, certainly. Williams has gotten attention, certainly, and Tufts. But you're not paying attention enough to Middlebury. Middlebury has has dominated the this, this second half of this season quietly. Went on to win their second NESCAC title onto the NCAA tournament. And they've got a chance, if everything holds out right, to host themselves right into Salem if they can keep on winning. And that is key because going to Vermont to play is difficult. Ask anybody. Joining us on the City of Salem Hoops Hot, Hoopsville Hotline is Jeff Brown, head coach of the sixth-ranked Panthers. And, Coach, this is a tremendous season that you guys have put together. Yeah, it's really been an unbelievable run by our group. Uh, the consistency that our guys have been able to play, uh, you know, especially in the second half of the season, has really been special. And we look forward to the opportunity of uh, starting the tournament at home uh, on Friday night against Farmingdale State. And this is, I mean, I look back and, you know, we're, I'm used to, I remember the 28 and two season, the 26 and four year. And, and you guys were in, in the conversation with the best teams in the country. And then it just faded out. And, and sometimes that happens. And by, I'm talking about your standards, by the way, uh, 17 and nine, 17 and seven, 18 and 11 last year, making the NCAA tournament. Of course, you've made the tournament eight of the last 10 years, so it's not like you completely disappeared. It just wasn't those teams we saw get to uh, far in the tournament. What's What has been about this year's squad that has kind of brought back the memories of those 28-2 and two and 24-4 and four seasons? Well, you know, I think it really starts with uh, the pace that our group is able to play at. Uh, we're scoring a lot of points per game, probably about 88 points per game. And our guys have really bought into uh, the mentality of really pushing the basketball and trying to get scoring opportunities, uh, you know, three-on-two, three-on-three, where there's more space to maneuver. And to to be honest, this is the best passing team that I've ever been associated with. Uh, We're averaging 20 assists per game. And, uh, you know, we play with a a dual point guard mix with uh, Jake Brown and uh, Jack Daly. And both of them are leading the NESCAC uh, with over six assists each per game. 
yeah, your stats jump out at me. It, it's it's one of those where you're like, okay, Middlebury's playing well. It's a deep desk act. Okay, but let me go look at their, whoa, what is this? Uh, Matt, say no more. If if no one knows about Matt, they're definitely got their head in the sand. Uh, NESCAC Player of the Year, I think two years in a row now. Um, uh, just this year. Oh, just yep. this year. I apologize. I've given him a little too much credit for last year. I apologize. He's been in the conversation almost every year. Uh, 22 points a game, uh, five rebounds a game, essentially, three assists a game, shoots 46% from the floor, 42% from deep. And then Zach Baines, nearly 14 points a game. Uh, Jake... Uh, Zach Brown, Jake Brown, I'll say it somehow, um, 12 points a game. Jake Daly, Daly, you mentioned 11 and a half points a game, nearly 10 points from Odessa Majors. And you mentioned the two guys, Brown and Daly, 6.2 and 6.1 on assists. I already mentioned St. Amore with three. I, I remember what this team looked like when we saw you at the Hoopsville Classic back uh, in St. Amore and, and Brown's first years. And it was good, but this is, this is a whole nother beast. Yeah, I, I mean... I think, you know, really the key has been the pace, you know, and that everybody is brought in with the mentality of uh, one more, you know, uh, throw throw the extra pass, find St. Amore uh, whenever he is open. <laughs> and uh, and that, that attack has really kind of worn teams down throughout the year. Well, that's the key here. I mean, you have St. Amore, and he's certainly a huge target. And as you say, come down, find him on the floor and see what you can do. But you've got other guys who are scoring in double figures. It's clear that two things are happening. He's finding ways to, to, to produce, but he also knows when he needs to hand it off to his teammates and his teammates aren't letting him down either. Yeah, we, we have a lot of different weapons. And, uh, you know, we, we could see it clearly in our first game of the year where, you know, Matt struggled from the field and shot a very low shooting percentage and everybody else chipped in and they were able to score the ball. So, uh, you know, Matt has played with great patience for somebody that's averaging 22 points per game and not really forcing the action and having trust in his teammates uh, it, because he does take so much attention from our opposition. You got some interesting results this season. Um you beat Illinois Wesleyan by two uh, at, at the uh, Staten Island tournament. You beat Staten Island by 11. Um, Southern Vermont, you beat by six. There weren't any, outside of maybe the, the Illinois Wesleyan and the Staten Island game, admittedly, well, you beat, you, you lost to Endicott by four and, and you got Eastern Connecticut, but there wasn't anything that seemed like jump out at you guys. And it felt like you maybe stayed under the radar a little bit. Did that maybe help this team uh, mature this year that you didn't have a lot of the pressure early on? Um, yeah, not, not so much. I, I don't think, uh, you know, we, I think we kind of put a lot of pressure on our guys because, mm. uh, we did talk a lot about trying to be the first Middlebury college basketball team to go back to back with mm. NESCAC, uh, titles. And, uh, you know, that was something that was a common theme throughout the year. And, uh, you know, it was really gratifying being able to cut down the nets, uh, at Tufts, uh, on Sunday afternoon. Well, it's amazing. I, I, whoever hosts the NESCAC tournament, we should just assume isn't going to win it anymore. Um, I don't think the I don't think the top seeds won it the last four years, maybe, um, including you winning it the last two years, um, winning it at Trinity last year, winning it at Tufts this year. You beat Williams by twenty two. Um, you beat Trinity by sixteen. Bates is about the only one who gave you a, a, a challenging game. And and I'm going back a, a bit here. I mean, Colby, you beat by nine uh, back at the beginning of February. But I, I, 
you have dominated the NESCAC, and the NESCAC has probably been the deepest and the best it's been ever. What is it just matchups? Is what is it about your squad in terms of the NESCAC that was so dominating? Well, I, I think the resiliency of our group. Um, mm. Because our, our last loss uh, 12 games ago was at Williams, and it was a 20-point uh, loss yeah. on their court. And uh, to be honest with you, Dave, I think that that was really the defining moment of our season because it it really gave us an opportunity to refocus, re-energize, uh, get back into the gym, you know, working, and, uh, you know, knowing that on any given night somebody could, you know, hammer us and so forth and, We've been able to reel off 11 straight wins from that that point, including uh, the championship game against Williams on Sunday. Oh, you, you took my next question. Well done. It saves us some time. It does look like that might have been the, the defining game. you got Farmingdale State ahead of you at home, which I know is huge. Getting a chance to play uh, at home is, is important for you guys. Um, what do you see in Farmingdale State that concerns you? What do you see that you might be able to take advantage of? Well, I, you know, I think the – the thing that concerns me uh, the most is uh, their ability to rebound the basketball. Uh, they're really uh, a strong team up front uh, on, on both the offensive and defensive boards, uh, along with uh, their ability to defend. They're holding teams down to about 38% uh, from the field. And um, on on the offensive end, they're a team that just has a lot of balance. Uh, four of their starters and their sixth man uh, are all in double figures. So, they have shown that they can get points from a variety of guys. Uh, and I, I think those are the things that really kind of concern me. Uh, what we'd like to be able to take advantage of is, again, playing Middlebury basketball, getting up and down the floor, having uh, many possessions, and looking to try to wear them down over 40 minutes. Not that you look that far ahead, but we've been asking this of all our coaches. Like coming and Cabrini's on the other side of the uh, bracket in your neck of the woods. Uh, one of them is going to come out of that one, and, and you're hopefully going to get past Farmingdale State, though certainly the Rams would like to change that. Uh, what do you see in those two on the other side out of the Mid-Atlantic and Atlantic that, that concerns you or that you think you can take advantage of as well? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is I, I think both teams are, are very athletic, uh, and uh, their athleticism is something that uh, kind of concerns me in, in in terms of trying to keep, uh, you know, quick guards in front of us, uh, both uh, Tim McDonald from Cabrini and Guy Rancourt uh, from uh, Lycoming do an excellent job. It's very impressive uh, the margin of victories that Lycoming has had of late. Uh, you know, they went through their conference towards the second half of the year, and many of those wins were double-digit mm-hmm. wins uh, for them. Uh, so I, I think uh, you get to this point of the year, Dave. Uh, everybody's got a quality ball club and you know it's just uh next game on yeah i i completely understand that point um one last point before we let you go matt saymore named a Justin's finalist one of the 10 on the men's side and there's there's obviously 10 on the women's side what does that mean to not only have a player who's recognized by the conference as being the best in the conference but one who's at least up for an award that says you know what he's good on the court he's also good in the classroom and he's good in his community yeah, I mean, Matt's really a special young man. You know, he's a quality individual. He's really embraced the Middlebury community and has given so much uh, to our local community in terms of, uh, you know, teaching in the schools, uh, coaching an AAU team, uh, you know, organizing Relay for Life uh, Cancer 
uh, fundraiser, uh, you know, working on campus uh, with the Green Dot program, which uh, works with uh, sexual uh, violence on college campuses and so forth. You know, he's given us, you know, so much uh, during his four years, and he's just really a special young man. And I'm really happy that, um, you know, the type of career that he has had uh, here at Middlebury in high school, he's one of six players in the state of Vermont that have scored over 2,000 points in high school. And right now at Middlebury, he's at 1,600 and change. Mm. So he's really, really developed and expanded and has really put our team on his back. That's pretty impressive. And, and quickly before I let you go, uh, if people don't know, Jake Brown's your nephew. Uh, what's it been like to coach your nephew for the last four seasons? You know, Dave, it's been unbelievable. Um, you know, from day one, uh, just his work ethic and passion. And, uh, you know, his teammates uh, referred to him as JB. <laughs> uh, back when I was in college, I was JB. <laughs> and, uh, you know, right from the start, I just would get, you know, chills, you know, just uh, hearing his teammates react to him and calling his nickname and, and, and so forth. And he's really developed into a quality player. He's a very athletic guard who has uh, had 500 career assists here at Middlebury mm. and uh, just a great, great competitor. And a big key to our season this year is that he's improved his three-point stroke and he's shooting at about you know, 40% from the field. And in the first half against Williams on Sunday when we were struggling a little bit to generate some offense, uh, he was able to go three for three from mm. the three-point line and, uh, you know, you know, it's just really been a great group uh, of seniors that we've had a chance to coach for four years. Well, we're, it certainly has developed into a magical season this year. We certainly wish you luck. Love to see you back in Salem, whether it means you got there with the team or Matt won the award and we see you there. Whichever case, I hope I get to run into you. In the meantime, I always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Yeah, just that I'd like to mention uh, two other of our seniors uh, this year, uh, Brian Jones is sort of our uh, Vinnie Johnson microwave uh, player <laughs> off the bench on the perimeter. And in one of our league games against Hamilton, he came off the bench and got 25 points in 20 mm. minutes. And, and uh, you know, being a bench player, it's sometimes difficult not knowing how much you're going to play and when you're going to play and so forth. And Brian has really excelled in that role. And our other senior, Liam Norton, uh, was initially a walk-on and he's really worked hard, and now he's in our rotation and playing some minutes and you know, being a great leader in practice and, and in games and so forth. And I just give, uh, you know, it's a great senior class along with Matt and Jake, and, you know, we're certainly going to miss him a year from now. Well said. Well done. Uh, congratulations to that senior class, and good luck this weekend, Coach. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Absolutely. Jeff Brown joining us from the sixth-ranked Middlebury Panthers. Again, the team is 24-3 uh, and three this season. It'll take on Farmingdale State. Winner of that game, it will play in Vermont against Lycoming or Cabrini. I think the last time Cabrini was in this gym, at least in the NCAA tournament, Middlebury lost to Scranton in 2012 in the Sweet 16 before Cabrini <laughs> just dismantled the Royals on their way to the Final Four. Cabrini almost won the national championship against Whitewater that year. Talk about a little bit of quirk, Cabrini heading back to Vermont. Going to take another break. When we come back, we will talk to uh, women's head coach Cameron Hill at Trinity. They're having a, a pretty darn good season themselves. Well, 
what they have left to prove and whether there's any pressure on them. We'll find out. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hope after this. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. A uh, crazy Thursday show as we're slamming a lot into this one. We hope you've been enjoying it, and uh, we're almost done, but we've got one more interview ahead. And when we come back from this interview, we'll wrap up the show, answer any of your last questions. And of course, uh, once again, remind you of the uh, Whip Around show and the fundraiser and some other things. But that's coming up. So if you do have any more last-minute questions, feel free to send them to us. Information scroll at the bottom of the screen. Obviously, you can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can send us a tweet at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. You can uh, message us on Facebook Live as well, facebook.com slash hoopsville, where we're simulcasting the show. Um, lots of places. Just bear with us um, as we continue to uh, talk to coaches. We can't answer the questions necessarily right away, especially in the sense of pre-tape segments, which this one is. Uh team that we've had on our radar for a while, but we just didn't know when the right time was to talk to them. Well, this is as good a time as any. The Trinity Tigers out of Texas, uh, having one of the best seasons in program history, 26-1 and on the season so far. That one lone loss to Texas Lutheran back on January 14th, they have made up for twice, beating Texas Lutheran in the championship game of the conference tournament, 78-67. They are on the road this weekend to Texas-Dallas, just the way the tournament works out, even though they are probably one of the top seeds in the entire bracket. What does it all mean? Well, let's go to the Hoopsville Hotline, sponsored by the City of Salem, and talk to Cameron Hill, who joins us from the seventh-ranked Trinity Tigers. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Dave, it's good to be here, man. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, Again, you guys are technically the top-ranked team in this. You are in Texas-Dallas because it's easier to get Hendricks over there for without spending an extra flight. 
Um, and you weren't exact. You weren't at home last weekend for the SCAC championship. I guess to some degree, this is this is kind of par for the course. There's no question, man. Um, you know, we're, one of the reasons we've had the success we've had this year is because we have mature players. Um, they all understand the economics of this deal, and we all have tons of respect for the NCAA. Nobody's out to do anybody wrong. Um, this is just a tremendous opportunity for us to be in this position. And quite frankly, man, we'd have been happy to go anywhere in the country to play. Um, it, it, it's the opportunity to be a part of this tournament that means the most. And that's what our focus is on, and that's what our focus has been all year. Uh, I know there's probably a rivalry in Texas, but uh, and you guys coming from San Antonio, but Dallas ain't all that bad. No, Dallas is great, man. We got a lot of people here. It's, uh, it's like a home away from home. Uh, and, and they got great food, and you know we're in a great part of town. So no, this is a, this is like a this is a phenomenal draw for us. We're we're pleased to be here for sure. Very nice. Um, obviously, the, the I think you guys were going to get in no matter what um, if, without the AQ, but the AQ was certainly important. You only have one loss on the season. I assume you guys want to be making sure you're clicking on all cylinders at all times. Yeah, you know we've we've uh. One of the reasons that, that I think we've been able to, to kind of develop along our path this year is because we've had to deal with some significant losses along the way. Um, we spent quite a bit of the season without a handful of starters, and we've had to kind of reinvent ourselves along the way. And, you know, by the grace of God, we've gotten healthy at the right time. So we finally have everybody back, and we're starting to kind of use what we've learned along the way to, to, to add versatility to what we think is a pretty solid foundation that we've had from the beginning of the year. Um, so it, it's pretty cool, man. The uh, you know the run in the conference tournament, quite frankly, man, was was more about winning our conference championship than it was the AQ. I mean, we felt confident being one in the region that we had that locked up. But our girls don't care about that, man. Any time they get a chance to win something, they want to win it. Um, that's part of the DNA of this team, and and that was what was the most rewarding for me as the coach watching them perform this past weekend was just the hunger that they have to compete at a high level um, every time they take the floor. You mentioned the injuries, and you mentioned now being healthy, and I think that's almost, you know, in the last few years we've seen the potential from this team, um, but it's fallen short, and it's usually been injuries that have been the Achilles heel. A key player goes down with an injury, or a couple of players are down, and, and you guys aren't able to adjust. Is that what might make you the, a dangerous team this year, is that you have been able to get over that challenge this season seemingly? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I mean every coach in the country has to deal with something, whether it's injuries or grades or, or whatever it may be. I mean, those aren't excuses. You have to adjust. Uh, I have pretty great depth. I mean, we've got a lot of versatile players that can do a lot of things, and we've been able to plug those holes with, with, with our depth, quite frankly. Um, and, and to be whole again now at this time of the year, it, it, it's phenomenal for us. And, and I do agree with you, man. I think it's, uh, I think it's a big advantage for, for the teams that – that are coming into this thing full strength, um, you know, I think that, that fuels your confidence and it definitely allows the coach to make the necessary adjustments game to game uh, to give their teams the best chance to win. Five seniors on this squad. I have this feeling this team is kind of itching to prove themselves, especially that senior class. No question, man. I mean, you know, it's not good practice to look ahead in this tournament, um, you know, which we are not doing in any way. Um, obviously, you have to be professional and prepared for possibilities, but our primary focus right now is Hendricks and, you know, we're lucky to have had, you know, we, we've had some experiences with them this season and, um, you know, we, we feel like we've got a good game plan for them and, and our girls are focused. But like I said, man, yeah, I mean, the five seniors, you know, they really want to, they really want to extend this as long as we can. And, you know, you know, I think that'll reflect in our performance tomorrow. 
team seems very balanced to me. Uh, of the 75.5 points a game you're scoring, four players are in double figures. Uh, Monica Hooligan, the, the senior, 15.5 points a game. Micah Weaver, the junior, 15 points a game. Molly Hughes, 11.5. Abby Holland, practically 11.5 as a freshman. And then 8.8 from Elizabeth uh, Baldito, the senior. And then all five of them are handing in 4.5 to 6 rebounds a game. There's nobody who dominates the boards. Everybody seems to get there. This seems like a very balanced unit. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the key. I mean, you got a lot of a lot of teams that have just beasts, you know, that can score, they can rebound. But but at the end of the day, that that's one person. Uh, our, our focus all season long is to team rebound, team score. I mean, everything is team-oriented. So when the ball moves, I mean, everyone that catches it is a threat to score, which makes it tough on teams to game plan for us. But – you know, as long as you have, that's not an easy thing to accomplish with your team chemistry. I mean, a lot of times these kids really want to get their average. They want to improve their average. I mean, they, they have a me mentality versus the we mentality. And, you know, without me having to do too much this season, this team has embraced the talent that they have. And I think they recognize how much better we are together than we are as individuals. And I think that's why you see those numbers uh, when you look at our stats. And I think that's why you see the ball move the way that it does when you watch us play. Your one loss being to Texas Lutheran back on January 14th, 85-78, the game that, the day before at Southwestern, you barely survived by six. It seems like that might have been the, the, the crossing point of the season, uh, maybe a bad weekend. And after that, the team seemed to get the focus. Colorado College went down um, by 32, and you, and you stomped out University of Dallas by 15. Is that a fair assessment of where the season was? And what was it about that loss that seemed to wake you guys up? You know, I think when, when you're staring at an undefeated season, and obviously we have great programs in, in our at our level that have accomplished that this year, but, I, you know, every game gets a little bit heavier. And, you know, I mean, I think for us, never having been undefeated that far in the season before, I mean, it was, it was one of those games where, you know, the wheels came off for one quarter, and it was enough for them to secure a win. And I think for us, after that game, everybody realized that, you know, the pressure's kind of off us now. We can go back to just being us and playing the way that we want to play, and you know, it's an opportunity to learn, uh, which is invaluable, I think. Um, <clears throat> but you never know how your team's going to respond. And we're very fortunate that, that our girls, and, you know, that's when the injury bug started to, to hit us, too. In spite of injuries and in spite of loss, they, they stayed focused on what they felt like we were capable of. And obviously, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. They were able to respond. And, you know, going undefeated the rest of the way has been just awesome. Um, and, you know, I couldn't be more proud of how mature they've been in handling all of this. I mean, that's. That's a big part of why we are who we are. So ahead of you, 18 and 10 overall, winners of the SAA. Um, what do you expect from this game? What do you need to do to get past them? I mean, you know, I mean, Drew, Drew's such a good coach. I think he's got such a bright future. I mean, even though you, you can't quite tell if he's coaching or auditioning for Cirque du Soleil when you watch <laughs> him on the sidelines, but, but he goes off, certainly reflects that enthusiasm, and you just can't question their passion. Um, they've got one of the best posts in the country, and they've got one of the best utility players in the country. Um, so, you know, they're, they're as dangerous as any team. And, and like I said earlier in the segment, man, you, you just look at this from a one-game-at-a-time standpoint. So our, our primary focus is their intensity. And uh, I hope I don't pull any muscles trying to keep up with Drew on my end. <laughs> yeah, you might not be able to do that. Uh, Drew's That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, not I, just, happening. I don't see you being able to do that. Um, <laughs> if you get past Hendricks, I know you don't like to look too far ahead, but on the other side of that, uh, matchup is obviously Texas uh, Dallas, the host this weekend. 
Um, potentially they're they're going to be your matchup. You also could uh, uh, see an, you know their opponent in Claremont Mud Scripts uh, out of the Skyac. What what do you see in those two teams? You know it's it's cool, man. When I saw our pod, I thought, man, they uh, somebody's looking out for us because not because I feel managed, but we've played all these schools either this year or last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, you know, Polly is. I think Polly is the standard in Division Three coaching. There's never been a game that I've competed with her where I don't leave the floor feeling like I learned something as a coach. I mean, mm. she just challenges you, and her her players are incredible. They play hard, um, you know, talented, and they're deep and they and they're tough. They're everything you want. Um, and the same thing with Kristen. I mean, I've only got the, the one game from last year and yeah. my, my experience with her, but I mean, her girls execute. I mean, they had a game plan that was brilliant for us last year and. You know, the respect that I have for her and the preparation that I know she's done this year, I mean, they're going to be a tough out for UTD. Great game. Um, you know, provided we're able to, to, to get through Hendricks, I think the next matchup, whichever way it goes, is going to challenge our girls both physically and mentally. Um, you know, and I think that's that's one of the things that we've proven pretty effective with this year. So, you know, I mean, you got to tip it up and play the game, obviously. But, you know, we, we like that we have prior experience with all three of these teams for sure. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to talk to us about the uh, the weekend ahead. Um, we certainly wish you luck against Hendricks, and if that works, your next game as well. Hopefully we're talking about you in the second weekend. Uh, but as always, we give uh, the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those? I, just, uh, I, I want to just appreciate real quick the SCAC and everything that they represent, and, and we're, we're very proud to represent them in the national tournament. And uh, thank all the people back at Trinity for the support they've given us all year long. It's been incredible. The students, the administrators, the faculty, uh, you know, I like that you let us do this. So check these boxes, but it's been awesome the entire time. And and obviously thanks to you, Dave, for having us on. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Absolutely. Well, thank you, coach. Appreciate the time. Good luck. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Cameron Hill joining us from Trinity, Texas. Again, the team is 26-1, and overall second most wins in program history. As we mentioned earlier on, the record, if you're curious, is 8. They will take on Hendricks in the first round, and should they get past the Warriors, they will face either Texas-Dallas or claremont Mudscripts. We alluded to claremont Mudscripts. Remember, they beat Trinity in the first round last year. Going to take another break. When we come back, answer your questions. We'll give you a brief idea of what's going to happen in this studio Friday and Saturday with a whip around show. Also talk about why we extended the fundraiser and plenty more. Wrap up the show when we come back. You'll listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More of our Hoops Hope tournament preview when we return. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs, 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful 
The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I'm a Division Three student athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. Hello, my name is Dave McHugh, and I am the creator and host of a video podcast called Hoopsville. And this is our studio. Hoopsville is the only show of its kind. We focus on Division III basketball and are currently in the midst of our 14th season on the air. When we started in 2000, none of this existed. We were an audio-only show, reading scores, reacting to games and teams we really didn't understand or appreciate, but trying to give Division III basketball something. The show has grown every year since. Eight years ago, we moved into this studio in my own home and continue to grow the show. The once-a-week show has become a twice-a-week show. It's now two hours minimum a show. With a 12-hour marathon program, NCAA tournament selection special, which usually lasts six hours, a bracket breakdown special that usually lasts a few more hours, and other specials throughout the season. And the show is now a must-watch in Division Three basketball. We also take this show on the road. We've been to 16 consecutive Division III men's basketball Final Fours, along with a women's Final Four and both Division III championship games at Division I sites, 2013 in Atlanta for the men, and last season in Indianapolis for the women. The men's championship weekend coverage has expanded the last three years to live pregame and postgame coverage courtside for each of the semifinals and the championships, just as if we were a major television network courtside or on the field of a major championship. We also travel to schools and conference, even doing the show live on location. Earlier this season, we were on the court at, at Roanoke College and their brand new facility right after the men's team had played a conference game. We've been able to do much of this thanks to contributions from people like yourself. Whether you're a fan of Division Three, have a son or daughter who plays or coaches in the division, maybe you're an alum of a Division Three program, you might be a coach yourself, or you simply appreciate our efforts to shine a light on a division and the student-athletes in it. Did you know Division Three is the largest division in the NCAA? There are 441 schools who play women's basketball, 426 who play men's, but they only get a small percentage of the mention. These student-athletes don't get athletic scholarships to play basketball. They play because they love the game and are good enough to play in college. Only 6% of high school athletes play any sport collegiately. Less than 4% play basketball on the collegiate level in any division. Majority of those choose Division III. We're passionate about covering these teams and shining a spotlight on their successes as well. This isn't our job, but we treat it like it is. We want to make the teams, coaches, student-athletes, fans, and even the schools themselves feel like someone cares about the effort they're putting in each day, even if the school isn't going to end up with a championship. So on each show, we interview coaches, student-athletes, regional reporters, and administrators about what is going on around the country and how our team's performing. From Maine to Washington State, from California to Georgia, not to mention from Minnesota to Texas, we cover every region, every conference, and try and talk to as many teams as possible, but without you. We consider our fundraising efforts to be very much like public television. This show is for you, and whatever you are able to donate allows us to keep doing the show. From upgrading, maintaining, or buying new equipment, to traveling to schools and regions to better cover the sport, to even paying the bills that accumulate for running this show. You know, the Internet is not free. 
So as a token of our appreciation, we will thank you publicly for your support, even send you a T-shirt or other Hoopsville swag, maybe even interview a guest of your choosing or even yourself about why you love Division III basketball so much. It's your choice. We appreciate your support. We value our fans as much as we do the coaches and student-athletes who are trying every day to do their best and compete. So please consider helping us cover Division III basketball the way we believe it deserves to be covered. And don't forget to tune in to Hoopsville Thursday and Sunday nights starting at 7 p.m. Eastern or watch it on demand or listen to the podcast. Because if you want to know about Division basketball, you've got to watch Hoopsville. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house College Basketball built. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. Book 17 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship. March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. 96 games in just over 30 hours. 128 teams reduced to just 32. How can you stay on top of all that basketball action, you ask? Introducing the D3Hoops.com Whip Around. We'll show you the key moments as they happen around the country in both the men's and women's NCAA Division III basketball tournaments all weekend long. And examine the bracket with our trusted analysts, Dave McHugh, Gordon Mann, and Ryan Scott. Be prepared to watch the tournaments like never before with the D3Hoops.com Whip Around starting Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, you heard that right. It's the Whip Around, D3Hoops.com Whip Around, brand new to our arsenal, let's call it. We are debuting it here tomorrow night, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, from these very studios. I will, for the first time in these studios' history, be joined by somebody else besides me or my wife, who comes down occasionally during the show to drop off a bite to eat. You might have seen her during a few marathons in the past. Gordon Mann and, and Ryan Scott will be here, may even be joined by others to help us pull this off. This studio will be a buzzing as we cover everything in division Friday and Saturday night. It is a little bit different. Normally we go out to a site, two of them even. Last year I went to John Carroll for Friday and I went down to a rather empty Madonna, uh, uh, Marietta gym on Saturday after their upset on Friday. And then we head home and then we do it again on the following weekend. Well, we're going to new. We're going to be in here and we've gotten permission from the NCAA and Turner Sports to dip into broadcasts and bring you what's going on around the country, just as if you're watching the NFL Red Zone, but on, on steroids in comparison. We've got 124 games for teams and 62 games to pay attention to on Friday. 
and we have another 64 games and 30 or 64 teams and 32 games to pay attention to on Saturday. We'll talk to coaches when we get the opportunity. We may even dip into press conferences. We'll get reach, we'll get reports from those on site at certain places how games finished and how things turned out while breaking down the games from our point of view as well and also giving you insight that only we can provide you those who cover division 3 on a national level. You won't get this anywhere else. And we will do it the way it's designed to be done. And that means go crazy. So we will dip into games. We'll check out what's going on. Try and bring you buzzer beaters the best we can. Um, As we said, talk to coaches if we can. Talk to even players if necessary. Et cetera, et cetera. So starting at 5 o'clock Eastern time on Friday for round one. And 6 o'clock Eastern on Saturday for round two. If it goes well... This is a wide-open idea that is going to not only change how we do things at D3 Hoops, potentially, but it could also have an effect on a a number of other areas, including D3 football and the like. So that is here. And yes, by the way, we will also air a Hoopsville show on Sunday. So we've taken the craziness that that is the final weekend of the regular season and conference championships and doubled down on the opening week of the tournament. Um, so again, Friday night, five o'clock Eastern time, the whip around show, and we will go crazy with that Saturday at six o'clock. We will dive into it yet again, Gordon, man, Ryan Scott, and myself right here in the Hoopsville studios. And then we will, uh, air Hoopsville live, um, at seven o'clock on Sunday and dates wherever we need to get updates, et cetera, et cetera. So that's this weekend. The following weekend, the plan is to then go out to our go out to sites like we normally do. Uh, normally, I follow the men, and just looking at the men and where things could be, there's a number of places I would love to be that next weekend. That said, if this was successful, we may even double down. But that is we're way, way, way too far ahead of ourselves considering that. A reminder that I, along with Gordon Mann and Ryan Scott, will be at the men's Final Four. In Salem, Virginia, I want to thank our partners at the City of Salem and the Old Dominion Athletic Conference once again for being the sponsor of our hotline number. We hope you will join us there. Uh, it has been confirmed I will be on the analyst for the uh, Webstream Productions of the semifinals, All-Star Game, and now it looks like championship this year for Turner Sports and the NCAA. Looking forward to that once again. But that doesn't mean we will... Not do anything else. We will once again bring you the Hoopsville pregame and postgame shows ahead of and after both semifinals and ahead and after the championship game as we have now every year since 2013. This will be the fourth year we're doing it. We're looking forward to being back in Salem. We will have representation representation in Grand Rapids, Michigan, as well at the Women's Final Four. Pat Coleman coming out of retirement, quote-unquote, will be up there along with others to cover the women's championships as well. So looking forward to that. That is just two weeks away, believe it or not. But first, we've got this weekend. A lot of good games on tap. If we look on the men's side, here are a couple of things. I'm not going to go through every single pick. It will take too long. Don't want to be on air that long. Um, actually, before we get to that, I will get to that. I have do have some questions on the emails, and I want to get to. So bear with me. And let's call up some of those, shall we? Whoops, I can't find one of them. Hold on a second. I apologize. There it is. 
All right, the first question we got is uh, Scranton men number one seed in Williams Pod, and if so, they'll be playing Becker instead of Oswego State. Certainly a question that we had. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. Don't have an answer. Uh, I didn't get a chance to email um, email uh, those to find out what that is, but I will try and find out an answer to that. It certainly will be interesting to find out uh, along the way. Um, don't think we got, you know, honestly, it's been kind of quiet on the email front here today, which kind of surprises me. Uh, so last chance, if you do have a question, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. You can also ask us questions in the uh, chat rooms of the uh, Hoopsville pages and such. We will try and answer those questions as best we can here uh, momentarily. One person says, tough weekend um, for my Whitmouth Whitworth, Whitworth, there are two wits, both in the tournament, could be playing in the second round, Whitworth and Whitman. This person, Daryl, says, tough weekend for my Whitworth men's team. If they can survive CMS, they can, they'll can they get a fourth shot at number one Whitman. Tough overtime loss at Whitman in the Northwest Conference Tourney Championship. I hope they haven't run out of gas. I agree with you, Daryl. I do too, but this is nothing against Whitworth because I've always had my money on Whitworth. Um, but... Uh, Whitman just looks so good in comparison to Whitworth this year. Beating a team fourth times, as the third time certainly was can attest to, is difficult, but we will see what happens. Unfortunately, Northwest has got to do that. They've got to go through each other. On the women's side, George Fox and Whitman have to kind of eat their young in the first round before potentially facing, um, potentially facing Puget Sound in the second round. Granted, uh, we'll see if that works out, but, um, you know, it's tough. It is tough, and I feel Ryan Wright's tournament whip around. You guys are nuts. Looking forward to all the coverage the next several weeks. Now, I, I think this is more about us being smart. We're not on the road the first weekend uh, necessarily. Go Ryan and Gordon will come down here. Uh, it, it, but we want to see if we can do things a little bit differently. That's why we want to try this Whitman, uh, this whip around show and see how it does. Not sure if this for anywhere else. Your men's final four picks. Haven't gotten to them, Ryan. I will get to them in just a moment, making sure we don't have any other um questions out there first but i will get to my final four picks now i will say i'll probably get to them right now i will say oh well actually before we do that let me actually get to the fundraiser end of the fundraiser um to early next week because we hadn't hit our goal plain and simple uh and we want to hit our goal but we can't extend it past next week that's that's the bluntness of it all um we started at 52 percent of our goal and there has been a massive donation today I want to thank whoever it was. It is listed as anonymous. $1,000 donation today to take us in part over $6,500. We are four days away. Our goal is $10,000, and we would like to hit it. But I want to publicly thank our friend Ron Berger for his donation. Uh, looks like we'll be uh, a, a guest of his choice. Daryl Farron uh, made a significant uh, um Donation himself, uh, Daniel Farron. I apologize, Daniel. Thank you very much, Daniel. Looks like we may even get Daniel on a future show unless he has another idea out there. Again, there's that anonymous donation right there. As you can see, anonymous, we don't know who that is. want to thank that individual wholeheartedly. That's one of the biggest donations we've got that, that don't include my parents. Um, so thank you very much. Greg Johnson made a donation a couple days ago. appreciate that. Another anonymous donation, both of those for $85. Uh, D3 Hoops has been a big supporter, Pat Coleman especially. Nice donation of $400. I want to thank those guys for their donation. Courtney Cunningham, thank you for your donation, along with John LeClaire. Another anonymous one in there for a significant amount of money. 
Doug Picard looks like we'll be getting a guest of Doug's on the show, hopefully by the end of the year, if not early next year. Um, and some others that have donated. Really appreciate it. More information you can find it on our Facebook page. You can find it on our show pages. It will run out in four days. Plain and simple. We can't extend it beyond that. We'd like to hit our goal if at all possible. Falling short would kind of hurt a little bit. Remember, we only get to keep about, oh, I'd say about 10% of that goal. So maybe maybe about 12. I'm sorry. We lose about 10 or 12% of that goal. Due to fees and all that, so if you if you consider it, please do. We appreciate it uh, nonetheless. Um, all right, so let's get to our final fours. We'll actually start on the women's side. Uh, here's I, I'm going to name you a couple surprises first, and then just say who I think it is. Just be advised, I might change my mind by tomorrow's game starting. This is kind of me on the whim. I didn't really sit down and look at it. Me kind of going on some guts. Here's who I think may get there. Uh, but in the meantime, I may change it. I'll give my final fours tomorrow as games get going. Uh, a couple surprises. Let's start with that. I don't think FDU Florham gets out of the weekend. I think uh, the winner, Babson and M- Messiah, will win that. And I'm going to go with it right now. Uh, another surprise. <laughs> Someone's going to hate this, but I think RIT might upset Ithaca. Um, go ahead. Put it on the, on the, on the, on the uh, bulletin board in the locker room. Uh, if I go, go right ahead, but I think RIT might surprise some people there. Uh, as good as Ohio Northern is gonna is, I'm gonna fall back, and I know the bulletin board material. I'm gonna fall back on their tendencies. Haven't gotten out of the first weekend in a number of years when they've been in the tournament. I got Trine coming out of that weekend. Uh, I like Geneseo. Maybe I'm a little too emotional about it, but I like Geneseo to at least get uh, to within doorsteps of the Final Four. Whether they get to the Final Four, I don't think so, but I like Geneseo. Um, other surprises. Don't really have any on the left side. On the right side, I don't think St. Thomas gets out of the weekend, believe it or not. I think the superior games are more difficult than people realize it's going to be for St. Thomas. And with Chicago or Wartburg on the other side of it, I like the, the numbers. I take Chicago coming out of the weekend. I also like Marymount, believe it or not, coming out of the weekend. Um, I think we're going to have a, a big bat- matchup next weekend between Puget Sound and Trinity. I like the looks of that. Uh, Tufts, I think, is too dominant, and they will move along uh, relatively easily through the weekend. Uh, look for low-scoring affairs in that one. I also like uh, Wash U, um, and I like DePaul. Nothing against Oshkosh. I just wonder if they're a little bit vulnerable right now. As far as my Final Four, as it sits right now, I have Amherst going to be taking on Thomas Moore and Trinity taking on Wash U. That means, for all of you who can track at home, that only two of the undefeateds move on and only one will get to the title game. But that's what I've got. I reserve my right to change my mind by Friday's show. On the men's side, I think it's going to be a little bit more wide open, a little bit more crazy. First and foremost, I think uh, the, the, the upper left uh, block will be all over the place a little bit. I like Whitman to get out of the weekend. But I've been a fan of Harden-Simmons all season, and people just don't realize it. Nathaniel Jack with uh, the with Ford is inside and, and the other players that complement those two guys, I like Harden-Simmons, and I'm going on a – I'm taking them all the way to the Final Four as of now. That doesn't mean I don't change my mind and change that to Whitman. Basically, I think it's Whitman or Harden-Simmons. I know Marietta is in there, but especially if they play Harden-Simmons, I think Marietta is going to have some problems. Uh, I really like Harden-Simmons. Um – I don't really have any other upsets, really, jump at group. Uh, as much as I've warned about Albertus Magnus, I think Rochester will still get it done in the palestra. 
Uh, in the lower left, uh, I do not have Christopher Newport getting to Salem. As much as I like them, I'm going to finally put all in on Ramapo. I know I'm risking it here. I'm kind of going the opposite of what I did with Ohio Northern. Ramapo, the one who struggled to get out of the opening weekend, as of most NJAC teams. However, I think they get it done this time. I think Ramapo will be the ones who beat Amherst, and I think Ramapo will beat Christopher Newport. That said... Whew, that Christopher Newport team can be good. I just think Ramapo's got some odd parts that people can't match up against this season. Unfortunately for Ramapo, I've got their season ending in the Elite Eight to Babson. I just don't think Babson is a team you can... You can I think Babson can only beat themselves, to be honest. And, and the MIT game would be an example of that in the championship. Didn't play two starters, got down at halftime for the third time against MIT, seventh time this season, and this time came within a shot of coming back. Just ran out of time. Um, they have those two starters, and I think it's a different game. I think Babson is to watch out for uh, out of there for sure. Upper right, I like Middlebury, especially if they're going to stay at home. I hey, nothing against anybody else, but Middlebury is just too good this season. Um, Salisbury to play them in the Sweet 16, but nothing against Salisbury. I've been a fan of the Seagulls. Middlebury, as Coach Brown described, has got too many high-powered options. I like Middlebury all the way to Salem this year. I think they'll take on Oswego with the opportunity to do that. I think Oswego will finally step up and prove themselves, but I think Middlebury is the one that gets all the way. Lower right dodge for me. I can change my mind six ways to Sunday. Uh, right now, I've got River Falls all the way to the lead eight, taking on WashU, and WashU making a reappearance in Salem for the first time in uh, quite a few years. But I could change my mind six ways on this one. I could have Benedictine beating River Falls because I think Benedictine is better than advertised. Um, I could have I have Augustan beating Whitewater and then losing to River Falls. I could see Whitewater making a run here maybe and, and proving some skeptics like myself wrong and maybe getting all the way to the Elite Eight themselves. Uh, Oshkosh could upset Hope. I've got Hope winning that one, but Oshkosh could win that one and maybe give WashU a run. Heck, WashU season could end immediately if Ty Saban gets on a tear for Rippon and WashU has no answers. Uh, Hanover, I like against Westminster. I like them against Worcester, but anything's possible out of that. I think the lower right is the most likely section for absolute chaos. Uh, and and I mean in the sense of top seeds losing, and we get into some interesting opportunities if there is one that's the lower right. But my final four as of now, and again, I reserve my right to change this by Friday when we do the whip around show, is Harden, Simmons, Babson, Middlebury, and Wash U on the men's side. It's crazy. I know it is, but that's where I'm going with this one for now. I will look it over again and maybe by Friday change my mind. I think that's going to do it. I don't see any of the questions jumping out at me right now. Um, I'm looking around quickly. Like I said, don't see them, but I'm quickly refreshing some screens um, to see what we've got and double check my email just to make sure we haven't missed anything. Um, let's see. Question was, why was CNU put ahead of Catholic in the final rankings and hosting with the latest data? Christopher Newport, 24 and 2, 531 SOS with a 3 and 2 results versus Catholic 23 and 4 with a 590 and a 3 and 3. Um, I don't know. You're only looking at three pieces of data, Ronk. To be completely honest with you, we're not looking at some other criteria. Who those three wins, for example, were. I know Catholics got a win over Scranton. Don't get me wrong, but two of those losses of the three are also to Scranton. Uh, Christopher Newport's got a win over Mary Washington, at least off the top of my head. They also have a win over uh, two wins over Marymount. We also don't have some other criteria that they'd be looking at in those cases that I don't have in front of me. Um, 
at 24 and two. I think they might have just gone with the, the win loss at some point. I think they also may have given CNU the benefit of the doubt considering they won their conference and Catholic did not. Uh, the SOS to, to 0.03 to two games doesn't make a difference there. It, it puts Catholic in a bit of better light. Um, but again, you're looking at three bits of criteria. We have six in the, uh, we have com- uh, comparables, for example, Christopher Newport and Catholic. Did Do they have any teams that, that they mutually played that would have made a difference? And I can't believe I'm, I'm diving into this when I'm trying to wrap up the show, but I'll quickly look at it. Uh, Christopher Newport and Catholic. Uh, Christopher Newport, trying to see who they may have played that were similar, um, or not similar, but the same opponent. Um Played Salisbury. Catholic lost to Salisbury. Catholic lost to Salisbury. And Christopher Newport beat Salisbury at least, yeah, twice. So you've got a 2-0 advantage in common opponents, at least in that category, or at least with Salisbury. There may have been some others. I'm looking to see who else might be jumping out at me, but I don't have one. So if we just, there's a couple bits of data, I think, that leans a little bit towards Christopher Newport's way. Um... I don't really have a major problem with it, to be honest with you, Ronk. Um, I understand Catholic had a better strength of schedule, and they played one more game against a regionally ranked opponent, but they also lost one more game against a regionally ranked opponent. Um, I know they have a win against Scranton, but I would argue that um, Christopher Newport has more wins against higher-ranked, regionally-ranked opponents than Catholic does. If I were to go off the top of my head, and I think it's honestly in the Mid-Atlantic, it's it's a bit like splitting hairs because there are so many darn good teams on the women's side. But I, I don't overall have a major problem with uh, with uh, Christopher Newport jumping Catholic in that scenario. Uh, it's not always about the SOS. The women have proven that, um, and I think that's fine. So uh, there you go. That's just my quick thought off the top of my head. Again, not all the criteria sitting there for us to be able to view. One last chance, just looking for last-second questions in case they even popped up. Doesn't look like they have. Look like it's kind of quiet. Just double-checking the email, and that's going to do it. So we're going to wrap up the show here. Again, a reminder, we'll be on the air on um, on uh, tomorrow, Friday, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Gordon Mann, Ryan Scott in studios. We'll add a couple cameras, I hope. Hopefully the computer's working, or at least reposition some cameras. And whip around the country, giving you uh, updates from around the country on what is going on. We hope you'll enjoy that. We'll also be back on the air Saturday at 6 o'clock. Now, I don't know how late we'll go with those programs. Um, there's a very uh, We will not get to the end of the West Coast games. Um, it'll depend on what's going on with those. Um, but you know, there's only so long we can go. The NCAA's endorsed our efforts, and we'll probably be promoting it as well. So we hope a lot of you will tune in and enjoy the programming with us. And again, we'll be back on the air Sunday at 7 o'clock to recap the first weekend and start looking ahead to the second weekend. Thank all of you for your donations to the Hoopsville Fundraiser. Again, we're going to run this, I believe, through Monday night, I believe is a deadline. It's four more days. I believe that makes it Monday night. Could be Sunday night. Who knows? But I do want to thank you for all your donations. We do have a couple of donations that were offline that we're looking forward to getting as well. Um, you all the If you still want to donate, you could get a T-shirt, by the way. Uh, we will uh, we encourage you to do so and take the time. Thank you so much. It helps us get on the air. It helps us stay on the air, and it helps us even travel. We hope to maybe get a trip or two in that are a little bit grander next year than we've done in the past. 
That's going to do it. I want to thank our guests, Carl Danzig from Scranton, Abby Pisek-Smith from Lynchburg, Brad Fisher from Oshkosh, Michael Blaine from Madai, Jeff Brown from Middlebury, and Cameron Hill from Trinity. I want to also thank their sports information de- uh, departments and especially the directors for their assistance as well. Join us for the Rip Around here on Friday at 5 o'clock and Saturday at 6 o'clock and join us back here for Hoopsville at 7 o'clock. If you missed any of this, you can watch it on demand or listen to the podcast. We appreciate it. If you want to ask us questions to answer, email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or tweet us at d3hoopsville using the hashtag hoopsville. And we hope you'll take advantage of those opportunities to interact with the show and give us a sense of what you think is going on around Division Three. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here on the Whip Around shows Friday and Saturday, and we'll see you back here on Hoopsville on Saturday. I want to thank d3hoops.com, the presenting sponsor of Hoopsville. And of course, I want to thank the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Association of Basketball Coaches for their support as well. Also, the City of Salem, the Old Dominion Athletic Conference, the sponsors of, and thank George Fox University, our first and um, advertiser as well. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Enjoy the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. We hope you'll join us at d3hoops.com for said tournament. And we'll see you back here on Saturday, on Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. Remember, if you want to watch, if you want to uh, follow Division Three basketball, you've got to watch Hoopsville. Good night, everybody.